are back with another North South Connection special. This time I am with my boy, Mike, Mike Rossi. He is not familiar with North South Connection, but uh, he's with us now. Mike, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. I mean, you'll just have to keep this intriguing and make me interested in it moving forward. Oh, you'll be interested once you, uh, <laughs> once you dive deep back into things here. I'm sure. A, a plethora of good content here on this network. It's a pretty big word for a pipe fitter, but uh, I'm here with it. Mike, how excited are you for Crown Jewel? Um, I would say more so than than the last like three or four Saudi shows. Yeah. Um, I'd probably say this is the most excited I've been for a Saudi show since Greatest Rumble. Yeah, the first one where we didn't really know when it was like a rumble and we were super excited for it because it's the greatest rumble ever and we were going to get uh, Baba Tunde number 38, you know? Oh, yeah. That was the one that opened with uh, Cena and Triple H, right? Oh, yeah. That was the first ever Saudi match, Cena, Triple H. And then um, what else was on it? The Cruiserweight match was good. Kalisto and uh, Cedric, I think. Yeah, uh, with Rusev and Taker cost, uh, casket match. Supposed to be uh, Jericho. And Rusev got in trouble for saying bury me softly, <laughs> dead man or whatever. <laughs> what was that like? Um, like April of 2018? Yeah, the end of April 2018. Because because I'm a psycho and I remember where I was working and we went. Remember we went over our buddy Adam's house. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And um, yeah, because Jericho was already working in New Japan at that point, so he was kind of already on Vince's shit list. The only entrant to be number 50 in a yeah. Royal Rumble. Yeah. 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 And this that was is what his last big, appearance, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, um, we had the big cast, number 49. Yeah. <laughs> was, was it a big cast and Braun Strowman the last two or something like that? Something like that, yeah. Strowman was late, and then he won it, right? He's, yeah. He still has that belt that's never been seen since. I think they uh, reincarnated that into the 24-7 belt, right? Same color. Oh, really? It makes sense. It makes <laughs> sense. 24-7 is about to go away, too. Yeah. No one's gonna miss it. Who? All right, real quick before we go, who is the uh, who's that guy number like six or seven? The the big the big oh, Japanese um, the wrestler. guy that they said with that because the prince wanted Yokozuna, so they picked him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just like this is a random sumo guy. Yes, but I usually remember his name when we talk about. This oh, movie. I can't think of it. It's gonna hit me. It'll hit it'll me. It'll hit you at the 48 minute mark. Just stop. Yeah, and jump. for sure. Oh, Hiroki <laughs> Sumi. Oh, what a legend. What yeah. a legend. You too for remember that. I would never remember that. But he had hell of a waddle to the ring. I don't even think Vince remembers that. They probably gave him that name like as he was about to walk out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was an epic night. I like the greatest Royal Rumble. It was uh, interesting. Roddy it was had a great. big run. It was, you know, Brian was fresh back, so it was kind of his first big run. It's uh, too bad it was in Saudi, but overall it was yeah. It was, uh, it was a Danielson super fun and um, Roddy pretty much had like a match in the middle of the thing. <laughs> yeah, that's that that famous picture of Brian with his chest all fucking yeah, beat up. Yeah, just disturbing. Hopefully we get that type of excitement here because other than that, it's a uh, it's a whole lot of nothing and a whole lot of garbage and. Yeah, kind of... I mean, I don't think anything's gonna really be blow away good, but this, like this time around it could be, but I just don't think be. it's going to be. Yeah, like maybe Edge and Rollins, but other than that, like I don't think you're gonna get like great matches. But I mean, it's gonna be a spectacle for sure. That three-way later's uh, women's match always has potential, but they're gonna, but it's gonna be here's the thing, it's gonna be on, and we're gonna be watching them wrestle with like pantsuits on and like a, I know you know, it's gonna be and a turtleneck sweatshirt or something like they're that. They're gonna so be it's, dressed it's, like like um like luchadors. Yeah, it's 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 totally gonna take you out of it, and it's just gonna remind you of how shitty it really is at the core of it. So. Oh yeah, for sure. 
that's kind of the whole like what the fuck you know yeah so that will kill that upside and then you like you said the hell in the cell should be solid and the you know of course, and then what's next with Paul Heyman, Brock, and Roman? That's yeah. I mean, it just feels like it's going to be like a holding pattern match. But I mean, we'll talk about that in a bit. But like the they're not really doing much with the story, which shows that they've got like long term plans with this one, not just this show, obviously. Um, but yeah, the Heyman thing's interesting. I wonder if it's going to come into play now or six months from now. We'll see. We'll get into that for sure. But uh, any other Saudi, sweet Saudi money moments for you? How about Shane McMahon mean, win, winning that big belt or that big Taker trophy? Coming out, Taker coming out and uh, squashing AJ was always good. <laughs> With his, like, super hair dye that yeah. was just dyed. It was just, like, yeah, his he, like, beat the so shit white. out of the Good Brothers in the back before. <laughs> that was so um, I mean, I mean, there's always been epic matches like the Shawn Michaels and Triple H versus Kane oh. and Undertaker. You know, um, actually, Triple H and Orton had like a decent, good match, but everyone yeah. shit on it because it was so slow. But it told a pretty good story, and, and then you had, had a final good stretch. You can't you know? forget Kane Velasquez and Brock Lesnar. Oh my god, that really, <laughs> that close that that Kofi was sacrificed for that moment for that upside. Kane Velasquez, then he was quietly released, fucking four months later. Was that was, match like two minutes and eighteen seconds or some bullshit? Yeah, was that the show that um. Gypsy King was on too. Uh, yeah, because the poster was um, Fury and Braun. Man, that yeah. first SmackDown set up a lot of bullshit for nothing. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And then um, I think Tyson Fury and Braun were gonna be a tag team, and then it just never happened again. Yeah, then you always got the the Drew and Tyson rumors that. Well, that was pro. That was what end of nineteen. So yep. anything they were gonna do with Fury probably yeah. got killed because of COVID. Kill the cause, yeah, yeah. Because wasn't what, he supposed to like wrestle Triple H or something? Wasn't that a rumor? <laughs> <laughs> that was a that was a rumor too. That would have been fun, but yeah, that was some bullshit. Oh, is Triple H gonna wrestle again? You think? Ever? Can he? Can he? I don't that, know. <laughs> that's the other thing. I don't know. I mean, they've kept that very quiet, and then like the entire thing with the like how the NXT people could say hi to him again, but they they were not to talk about wrestling. <laughs> It's like, what the hell's going on here? Could, oh, the NXT 2.0 really spikes his heart rate. Seriously, I, I wonder what what was the moment that like sent him over the edge and into the hospital. Probably Braun Breaker's name. It could have. I think it was before that. Uh, well, you know, these things are planned beforehand. But yeah, you know, that's true. He was just like, oh, we gotta call him Rex Steiner, and he's like, if it's like he's related to Steiner, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're, I'm not pushing this kid. And then, then he had a heart attack because all his plans went away. That was probably what happened. I'll never forget the, just when he first said his name. And I was like, his, your name is what? And then like that entire episode was just a mind fuck because it was just like debut after debut. But like still it was that. Bad name after bad name. Yeah. Him announcing his name. And then the fucking kid that was the Beverly Brothers son is just randomly in the title match. Von, Von Wagner. That dude cut like the worst wrestling promo I think I've ever heard. Like, was it last week? Oh, oh my like, god! His, his stare is like creepy as fuck. For sure. He moves well though in there. He kind of reminds me of a young Sheamus. He's but, gonna be uh, good. He just like he's gonna need a manager or something. Like I don't know. Maybe he should be with Stokely at some point. His his facials are concerning. As in like. Are you there, buddy? Like, <laughs> yeah, that would be he'd be a good one for Robert Stone because I don't think Robert Stone's ever going to leave NXT um, unless he gets fired. And I mean, the woman thing just is never going to work. 
Yeah, but the women thing fits him so well. <laughs> it does. It's just like it's kind of convoluted at this point, and then Mandy's going to run the division for a while, it looks like. Yeah, that's cool. Well, speaking of Mandy real quick, let's jump – let's just, you know, button this up, then we'll jump into uh, Crown Jewel. But that's a great way to, you know, rehab a mid-card talent that needs some loving and, you know, a fresh coat of paint. So throw them in NXT for fucking four months and oh, bring yeah. it back up and they're a whole new person. That should be a that should be used as a vehicle instead of keeping like Duns and Garganos and Chiampas and all in whoever down there. You know, you should yeah. be sticking Mandy Rhodes down there, Ziggler's, whoever. Just give them a fresh coat of paint and bring them back up. Jesus Christ. Look at Finn now, you know? Yeah. And it helps the two other girls that are with her, too, that yeah. might not have had like a reason to like for people to give a shit about. Yeah, JC and Gigi. Until they're with Mandy Rose. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they're both pretty good. I mean, I think uh, Priscilla Kelly in particular, Gigi, she's like a really good wrestler. She just hasn't been able to really, I don't know, keep her nose clean in the industry long enough to get to this point. But, I mean, yeah. she's been a good fit in NXT since she started. Yeah, she has a lot of strong assets. <laughs> yeah, for, 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 she's, yeah, she's not bad to look at. But, I mean, she typically puts does what she needs to do. In her match, you know, she she doesn't hurt you. The other chick's better than I thought. I remember her being in Evolve. So not she's crisp, man. She's picked up. I mean, it's a good stable. Mandy's never gonna win match of the year or anything, but she's a compelling. Flipping through NXT and you see Mandy Rose, you're gonna watch her segment. You know, absolutely. And her character, you know, it's a good way to her work on her character work because yeah, everyone's working on their character down there, so you don't even notice that she's down there. Trying new things, working on new things, and getting better at things. Big fish in a small pond. Yeah, and people know her from, like, Total Divas and stuff. So, like, she's a name that people recognize. Even though you don't really have, like, any sort of, like, in-ring thing to, like, talk about with her. But, I mean, that's that's why she's there. Because I I don't think she's terrible in-ring. Like, she's not good. But there's way worse than her that are on TV every week, you know? Like, her V-trigger is much more impressive than Kenny Omega's. Oh, of course, you know? (laughs) But uh, yeah, she's fun. She's super likable too, just as as a whole, as a character and as a person on Instagram or whatever. She's super likable and she's chill. We're into sweet, sweet Saudi money six, better known as Crown Jewel. But uh, you know, out of the nine matches for this beautiful, beautiful pay per view, not really. But um, which one are you most anticipated for? That's how we do things around here. Most anticipation first. Gotta be the Universal Title match. Absolutely. Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, the universal title, with Paul Heyman on a pole. Right? Yeah, I mean, basically, it's the last night there, you know, we're, I don't know when this is going to air, but this past Friday on SmackDown, I mean, Brock pretty much laid it out that he was still the, you know, Heyman was still his advocate, and then, you know, Roman went nuts, and that's how they went out the year. But definitely always been a cool angle with how they've gotten to this point with Heyman being stuck in the middle, even though, you know, He's really not, but Brock's making it that way. It's It's been good, and, and it can turn any which way, and it would still make sense at this point. So they've done a good job of it. Absolutely. My biggest thing was there's a million ways for this to go in each trail for it to make sense. You know, you have Heyman stuck in the middle, but really it's the universal title. Brock, com- Brock comes back at SummerSlam for that beautiful pop. No one fucking knew about it, and it was electric. You know, being there live and all, it was just... Really, it was it was humongous, and um, you know Brock comes out in a flannel, a beard, and a fucking ponytail. We're like, what the fuck is this? You know what I mean? And then him yeah. just jumping in the ring and Heyman screaming, no, 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 and instantly turning into a puddle of tears and 
frantic and scared and confused and like what the fuck is going on and Heyman's just been perfect in this and then you got Roman and Brock just staring at each other Godzilla versus fucking King Kong and they're both like let's do this and then Roman walks away (laughs) yeah and that was two months ago and they've been able to keep it intriguing without even really giving us anything and when you think about it what do we have two Brock two maybe three Brock appearances one being last night might have been three no more than three I don't think Maybe it might be just the two, Mike. The, the MSG and then the, this past Friday. Was there one in between? I feel between? like there was one other one. I don't remember, though. So you might be right. Was he on right after? Like, yeah, like, he was on right after. Or the or the weekend after. Yeah, you know? so he was, he was probably on the first SmackDown. They didn't have Cena after SummerSlam. Yeah. Yep. And it was nothing. It was probably just him. I think it was just him saying that Heyman was still his guy. And then they did the thing with him and MSG and the the thing the week of the draft. Was he he might have been on a couple of times. Like four. Maybe he's on four. Uh, well let's go with three. That's a yeah. lot. Each time he hasn't done much other than just yeah, because he was on the draft because remember the Jeff Hardy thing? But yeah. Uh, yeah, other than that, he really hasn't done much other than just you know drop a little bomb here and there and the bombs are just like hey hey paul why don't you tell roman i was going to be at SummerSlam? yeah and then they've done good stuff with the usos and and Heyman when reigns isn't around that they start to question them and even if reigns believes you we don't things like that so they've been really good with it and there's always that possibility down the road that you've got like one of the usos turns on on roman um and maybe that could be a way to kind of go a fun way with this but the door's open. They can do a ton of things with this, and, and I'm pretty excited to see where it ends up. I really don't know where they're going to go, and how often can you really say that? Yeah, because, I mean, Reigns, when you think about Reigns, he really doesn't need Heyman. He doesn't, like, Heyman doesn't talk for him like he did with Brock. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he kind of does, like, more of the introductory thing, but Reigns does the bulk of the stick work by himself. Oh, Paul where... is especially a subservient to um yeah, like in presence, it's cool, but he's not doing like the announcement like he was with Brock. It's not like it's uh, 100%, you know, Heyman pushing the Brock, you know, card when like it was with Brock. So I think that, you know, if they do flip him back to Brock one way or the other, which I don't even know if that makes sense to, but you're just thinking of what the options are, it wouldn't slow down Reigns at all. Reigns will stay red hot. He'll still be the head of the table, and they'll it just have. Been- you if know, they want to turn, if they want to, you know, go ahead and turn Roman, that could be a vehicle to turn him. They could yeah. use that as a vehicle to turn him for sure. Yeah, and I mean, he could be like a, I don't know that, that it makes a ton of sense, but it just throws like spitting out ideas. He could be like the badass babyface, um, you know, maybe a year from now, and it would still work. So you're really wide open with what you want to do with this, and it's cool that they've, you know, I don't remember the last time they've done a, you know, heavy title storyline with two guys that have wrestled each other enough like these two have, and they've been able to find a way to keep it fresh and interesting. All right. So I got it right here in front of me, right? They've, they've faced off four times in one-on-one matches. You got the WrestleMania 31 match. Yeah. Brock cashed in, but it was still booked and started as a one-on-one match. That's, that was probably, well, not probably, that definitely was their best match out of the four. And then you got, uh, 
and then they didn't touch for three years, and then they wrestled at WrestleMania 34, and we were both there, and remember, that crowd popped huge when Brock won. We didn't expect Brock to win. This is when we thought Roman was going to be anointed. Yeah, you know? no, I remember hearing the rumblings that day, but it wasn't like a, like a yeah, long-term thing. Was that, that when he re-signed? No, yeah. was that? And then, was, he yeah. at, then he threw the belt at Vince that didn't really go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, because the same thing happened when he wrestled Reigns in San Francisco, too. It oh, was Brock Lesnar knows how to use leverage. <laughs> oh, for sure. He was on ESPN saying that he was going to announce where he was signing and it was WWE. Yeah, leading into that. You forget about that. Yes. Yeah. That's crazy. You forget about that shit. So then the contract, that makes sense. So the contract is probably up three years three later. Years. Yeah, yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. And then boom, here we go. Three. And then it was, uh, so WrestleMania 34, 35, 36. Another, there's your another contract that was, re- that was done. Cause he was done after the drew match at 36. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, it was interesting in both avenues because, yeah, you're right. You kind of figured that both of those matches were going to end a certain way and they went the other way. And Reigns never really got anointed in either of those Mania matches. But he kind of figured out a way to anoint himself, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. But, you know, he he did kind of earn our respect a little bit. It took five F5s for really Brock to beat the fuck. And Brock beat the fuck out of him. He, it was very similar to the Orton match where Brock laid the fucking shit in there. That was the Suplex City bitch, too. That was the first time we heard that. The first, no, the first, all right, I'm talking about 34. You're talking about 31. I'm still talking about 31, yeah. But, no, I agree. They were both pretty vicious on Reigns. <laughs> so. Yeah, but the second – well, the first one was better, but the second one was even more vicious. He took the glove off, and he's pounding the fuck out of him. That's a very forgotten about match. They were – yeah, because the crowd was, like, not really into it. Like, oh, I we feel were like... dead. It was, this, is the, this is the time where – it was like in the middle of the six hour WrestleManias. We yeah, were... and then like, you know, we already had like the Brian return, the Ronda debut, yeah. um the Cena Undertaker stuff. So the, the crowd Charlotte was ready stuff. to go back to Bourbon Street at that point. Yeah. Um what else was there? The I mean you just had Braun and Nicholas. Was... You just oh, had Braun and Nicholas that just murdered the crowd. So Yeah, the two big matches, AJ and Shin and um Brock and Roman, they were kind of dead. And, you know, yeah. didn't really yeah. help AJ that. and Shin was, was like, kind of, like, kind of what really when you started to kill the crowd. Because I think everybody expected this, like, like um, Wrestle Kingdom type match. And it just didn't, just didn't get to up the, to it. Didn't it. Get to third gear. And, it didn't even get out of third gear. So, and then by the time you got to Reigns and Brock, it was like, you know, everybody expected it to be, like, a big Reigns win. And then when it wasn't, it was, like, almost kind of like it re-energized people as they were leaving the building, you know? Yeah, and then we, I remember, yeah, then we went to Bourbon Street and had a hell of a night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because we were all and fired up. We were like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Yeah, and then, like, you know, you didn't know what was going to come next at that point. And, like, that's similar kind of excitement to this match because, like, obviously it makes – you'd be shocked if Reigns didn't win. But, like, you know, I'm not – like, I'm kind of a betting odds guy when I look into these shows ahead of time. Like, they're close enough at this point that it could go either way. And you can make a compelling storyline case either way to – you know, make some big headlines, have Brock win the title. It's not out of the question. And it definitely is something that could be done and it wouldn't like completely kill the momentum of Reigns either. Uh, yeah, but, um, you know, I don't know. I'd be, I'd be shocked, but in the long scheme of things, if, you know, if this is really the long, long term direction, which, you know, the rumors of this week that, you know, the rock is out the five series, the rock is, initially pushed back to the Los Angeles WrestleMania 39 and, you know, in 18 months, if they're going to do Roman this year, 
it would have to be Brock, right? Yeah, I mean, and the other thing, too, that I was just thinking about when we were talking about these other matches is at what point, I mean, I guess, it, I don't know, it's like 100 days away, but Brock's, how long was Brock's title reign? The long one that he beat the, the punk record. So I got that written down. Brock, that reign was 504 days. At Crown Jewel, Roman will be on his 417th day. So let's do the quick math on that. That's like what? I, I got it right here, Mike. I got it right here. All right. So okay. Crown, this is for Roman, right? At Crown yeah. Jewel, 417 days. At the end of October, it is 427. At the end of November, is 457. On New Year's Day, it was 489. So the New Year's Day is a Saturday and there's a pay-per-view. 489 days. At the Rumble, is 517. And at WrestleMania, well, night two. It would be 551 days. So you got to figure, is there a way that they could get Brock wanting to stop Reigns from getting I thought about his... that, but it would have to be on a SmackDown because second or third Raw in January, you know, they could do a Legends Night if they want and have a big match, but it's night 505. So my whole thing was like, oh, if it's 504, maybe we get Brock and Roman then. But what about like the week before that? And it could be like, you know, it would be. Yeah, it would be four ninety six. I mean, you could theoretically just do like that pay-per-view on New Year's Day, too. Th- then, yeah, that would be four four eighty nine. Yeah, because then there's no pay-per-view and there's like, I don't know. It's and I mean, it might it doesn't even really make sense for Brock to care about records, but it's a fun idea. Yeah. And you figure there's going to be two with the cancellation of TLC. You figure there's going to be a big raw and a big smackdown in December. You know what I mean? Yeah, and the first, I didn't look into this, but the first is um, is a Saturday, right? Yeah, it's a Saturday. So, I mean, that's, they're going to, if it's a Saturday night show, they're going to want it to be a big show because yeah, I, New I, Year's I, Day, you're not going to pull in, you know, a ton of viewers unless it's a big show. So I think that you've got to put something big on top of that. Well, you might, you know, you, everyone's quote unquote hungover probably, <laughs> or well, every- I just think of like the NCAA, t- NCAA semifinals in Romy that day, aren't they? Is that still a thing? I thought they got away from that and they just actually, well, if it's a Saturday, it might be, yeah. I don't know. It might be, it might be, who knows? But yeah, that could be definitely, I think, well, it's going to be in Atlanta. They're already got the Trey Young bullshit going on. I think, I think they're planning on that being a big pay-per-view. Yeah, you no, know? I think that that definitely will be in. And you still have like four weeks of the Rumble, so it's not going to really hurt the Rumble build at all. And the Rumble, really, the Rumble is the Rumble. You know what I mean? That, no, the Rumble that's going to be big regardless. So, yeah, because when you think about after Crown Jewel, you really just have Survivor Series and then you're at the New Year. So, you know, it's yep. going to be pretty easy for them. I mean, the build from Survivor Series to that is like a solid probably like seven weeks or so. So mm-hmm. you can definitely get to a pretty big match or two on that show for sure. Absolutely. All right, let me just finish out the, the the rest of the Roman and Brock history real quick. So 31, Seth cashes in. No pinfall for either one of those guys, obviously, as you know. 34, Brock pins Roman. So it's one nothing Brock, right? At the Greatest Royal Rumble, which we talked about earlier, that historical pay-per-view, what was his name? Give me one more time. What's his name? Oh, one more time? Uh, Hiromi, Sa- Hiromi <laughs> Saki or whatever. Hiromi, what Hiromi something. What a legend that guy was. Anyways, really Brock was. Roman speared him through the mat, side of the cages, and Roman's feet didn't touch, but Brock's feet somehow touched. I think it was a little wonky. 
kind of looked a little shaky, but, you know, it's WWE camera work. They made, did a good job, and you couldn't really tell. But no pinfall there. Brock wins by escape. 2-0. And then SummerSlam 2018. That's when Roman finally pinned Rock and anointed himself as the Beast Slayer. Oh, that was the other Shield guy. Never mind. Um, yeah. But that was kind of wonky. They had Strowman on, lurking on the outside, I mean, with a briefcase and – you know, that was the night. Remember the rumors? That was the night after. That's when they reunited the Shield, right? Vince decided day of to do it the next day. But the whole time they were going to reunite the Shield that night. I, I, I wonder if historically how much different that would have been doing that at a SummerSlam. Yeah. But, so now it's finally 2-1. Roman, Brock's pinned by Roman, but it's wonky. You know, Roman just destroys Roman outside and throws the briefcase up the ramp. And then he climbs back in the ring. Roman hits him with the spear. So Brock's kind of protected. Roman was protected at Greatest Royal Rumble. Roman was not really protected at WrestleMania 34. So we had we protect Rock here at SummerSlam when Roman wins the strap. So that's the only three one on one matches. Well, Four, including WrestleMania 31. But those are the only three one-on-one matches results that we have between these two. And then there's two other uh, multi-man matches that they were both involved in. Fastlane 2016, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, and Dean Ambrose. Roman pinned Ambrose to go on to face Triple H at WrestleMania 32 in that classic encounter. And then SummerSlam 2017, Brock, Roman, Strowman, and Samoa Joe. I was at that match. Oh, you're at that one? That was nice. In Brooklyn. Yeah. I was at the one after. That SummerSlam okay. sucked. But, anyways, at SummerSlam 2017, Brock pinned Roman. So, Brock pinned Roman, including multi man matches, twice. Roman pinned Brock once. So, total record three and two, Brock over Roman. That's just if they want to dig that deep into their history books. They already got so much meat on that bone. They can add more with all those stats. And like, I've heard a lot of people that have been like, you know, oh, this is a fresh match. Like, it it is. It's it, it, not is. like in numbers, but because you've got babyface Brock now for the first time and God knows how long. It's 2003. Yeah, and then you've got heel Reigns that's been killing it for a year, a little year plus now. On it a, is fresh. A it's, it's a, and then you got the Heyman. Yeah, you got the Heyman dynamic that makes it even fresher. Like, yeah, I mean, it's not going to be a 15-minute, you know, four-star, four-and-a-half-star classic, probably. But it's going to – I mean, I guess it could be. Um, but I, I don't think that it'll go longer than, like, your 10, 12 minutes. It'll go longer than your typical Brock match. But I don't think that you're going to be – they're going out in Saudi Arabia looking to, you know, steal the match of the year poll. Yeah, I think the quality is going to come down to the finish. If it's a shit finish, they're going to need the quality. If they think they can, they're going to get away with what they can get away with pretty much. Brock's matches have been a minute and 16 seconds if needed. You know what, what I mean? The, the fun thing to, to know is like, so Brock's been away now, away from matches since Mania, 36. pandemic Mania. When was his last like match though in longer than 10 minutes? Was Shit. it Rollins at, at SummerSlam? How long did that go? Oh, that that was that was a four star 17, 18 minute match. Absolutely. So that was probably it, because then other than that, it was well, plus, I guess. Yeah, because Brock didn't have the championship matches at, at Survivor Series since 2018. No, so who did he face at? Did he face anyone at the Survivor Series 2019? Ray Mysterio. He faced Ray Mysterio. Mysterio. Yeah. So that yeah, that was a and eight, then, 10, 12 minute match, probably. And then Finn at Summer at a Rumble. 
And oh yeah, that was his last Houston. real match. Finn at the no. Yeah, so it's been it's been that was, uh, no, that was the previous. Like that was the previous. Yeah, so it's been. Because he was in the Rumble. Assault. Actually, hey, his last real performance was the Rumble 20. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I, didn't, I forgot about that. So the the for the 15 men that he got rid of or whatever. Yeah. So I mean, it's been almost two years since he's had like a legitimate match, like lengthwise. So let's. I mean, he sold his ass off for Drew, but that was even 18 months uh, ago it, at this point, if not longer. So set, I wrote it down. It was six minutes and 55 seconds. Yeah, and most of it was him selling. Um, so. I mean, Brock's going to be protected regardless, and I think I'm, I'm maybe I'm just trying to to build my excitement up for it, saying that I don't know who's going to win. But I think there's a legitimate lane where they shock us here. I, I don't, I wouldn't put money on it, but I think it's definitely something that the old man's thought about. I'd be legit shocked. Well, here's the thing: I don't think the old, I think the old man says yes or no. I think this is all Heyman. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably right because he, they yeah, told. He lost his executive and producer job. He lost that, but when they fired him, they said he's – here's a little key thing, too, that I picked up. They said that when he was fired for the executive producer job in you know June 11th, 2020, the verbiage was that he was going to still be an on-screen character as Brock Lesnar's advocate. Yes, I remember that. And then you know he's pretty much – he was off TV completely after Mania until – he came back with Reigns and that that end of SmackDown after he won the title back. Yeah, right? August 18th, and he appeared in a backstage segment as a special counsel, which it really ultimately turned Roman heel because Roman returned at SummerSlam, where it was you'll never see it coming, and we were like, yeah, All right, we'll never see it coming. Braun Strowman versus fucking the Fiend. What the hell's gonna happen? Yeah, neither of those guys have a job now, <laughs> um, which is funny to think about. That was that was what two years ago. No, not even two years ago, right? Yes, yeah, six months, year and a half ago. ago. Yeah. That's insane. Um, the title, the main event of SummerSlam, doesn't have jobs now. A uh, year and a half ago, and I mean, when I mean, it's not even WWE. They don't have jobs with anybody. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I think that I'm like I'm thinking about Brock. If Brock wins this title, like, and then they keep them away from each other until Mania, it's like, do we get like Brock Drew again? Or, or I mean, even if they if they don't and Reigns retains, does Brock wrestle somebody else between now and then? Well, here's the thing. I think that the title isn't going to change between anyone. The only one we know is going to have the title is Heyman. That's how yeah. I look at it. Is it doesn't matter if it's well, it does matter if it's Brock or Roman. But I, I'm my money is on Heyman having that having that goddamn title. Because if you here's the thing, really, this was key on the SmackDown form from MSG real quick. When Brock when Brock came out and said, "Why didn't you tell him I was coming at SummerSlam?" and then Roman's like, "Oh, you fucking knew." He got pissed and he stole the belt. When he yeah. stole the when he stole the fucking belt, that's when Paul jumped in Brock's arms, gave him a big hug, and was just like, "The reigning, defending, did the whole shtick with Brock." He lost his power with Roman, so he had to get back on Brock's good graces. Yeah, and then Brock was gonna hit him with the F five until Reigns said, did the run in. Before Roman, before Roman fires you, Paul, give me that match for the Universal Title. And then he picked him up, and Roman saved him. And when Roman saved him, he had the, he picked up the belt with Roman, and he fucking left. But Heyman's the key to this. What's going to happen? Who knows? Yeah, and Heyman was also the one that, that quote-unquote, made sure Brock stayed a free agent. And yep. then he was politicking for – he was so he had that power with Brock, but he was politicking for it with the Usos and Reigns, and he didn't have that power, but he was just politicking for it. So that's another – 
another area to kind of look at. Like, why does he have that power with one and not the other? Yep, so many questions. We'll see what's going to go, and I'm intrigued. Out of ten, how anticipated are you for this? Like that match or the show in general? This that, this match, this match. Um, I'd say like a solid eight. Yeah, I'll go eight. Uh, yeah. I don't think as it's higher whole, than that because whole. it's not like at this point I've seen so many like matches I have didn't think I'd ever see in my lifetime this year that like I I can't be that excited about something I've seen that many times before. Um, but the storyline side of it keeps it you know higher tier for me. Yeah, I'm more I'm more excited for the result than the actual bell to bell, and that's like for my Mark ass that's intriguing. <laughs> yeah, and I, I agree with that. So the that's really the only thing that's sucking me into the show. Cool stuff too, but um, not not to this level. All right, so you said eight. That's a rookie score. I'm gonna go seven point eight. All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, so that's the most anticipated match we got going on at, at Crown Jewel. What is your least anticipated match for Crown Jewel? We're gonna least... we're gonna start high and we're gonna just fucking crash real quick for a minute. Or two. I know that this one's gonna piss you off, but I don't care about Mansoor and Ali. Oh, what the fuck? Those are my boys, dude. Like, there's no reason for me to care. They've been jobbers on, on Raw. Um, Mansoor becomes Hulk Hogan when he when he wrestles <laughs> in Saudi Arabia. Um, it's like so. Obviously, you know the result. Like, was isn't Mus- I didn't think Mustafa Ali was even allowed in Saudi Arabia. Oh, Mustafa Ali is a constant line pusher. I think that's why I like the dude. He's a yeah, good wrestler. So I he's like a good wrestler. Him in the he's ring, a good but talker. Like, never gonna push him. So like, why do I care about that match? Uh, I don't know. He's a, he's and a, I'm a line stepper, man. Picking that, and I'm picking that as the least anticipated match, knowing that the other one, there's also going to be a Zelina Vega singles match on this show. <laughs> well, here's the thing with uh, my boy Mansoor and I. If Mansoor were to lose in Saudi Arabia, I, I'd be really shocked, and I, I would offer my head, my own head for a beheading. <laughs> inside. Yeah, no, I agree um, that there's no way that that happens. Um but then Mansoor is just going to come back to the U.S. and just be another jobber again. He was undefeated for all these years. But remember when Mansoor yeah. uh, came down and, like Hulk Hogan, like you said earlier, and attacked Davari and Sean Davari? <laughs> yeah, and like, like, and who are his matches been in Saudi Arabia? Like Cesaro Ziggler. Z- Z- Ziggler, it wasn't that good. It was good, but it wasn't that good. Cesaro was the really good one, but obviously it's fucking Cesaro. It, yeah. That was like legit three and a quarter, three and a half, maybe. I'd have to look at my shit. But um, yeah. he won that. <laughs> Remember that god awful like fifty three man rumble or not rumble fifty three man over the top battle royal, and they were butts the nuts to start, and and they couldn't even fucking move, and <laughs> like shit's game. Yeah, was oh yeah. Shit's game right away. It made a quick fucking hundred thousand dollars, and Biff was in. Our boy Biff Busick was in it, and all all these random guys were in it. So Mansoor, didn't he get signed at like a tryout at the Greatest Warrior Rumble, or like the same weekend as the Greatest Warrior Rumble? Well, of course he is. He's a fucking hell of a talent. I think that was when he got signed too. So that kind of makes it that all make sense. Is like that might be true. Yeah, remember they uh all those random NXT guys from the from the uh. Greatest Royal Rumble, we're over there to help train guys. Yeah, like yeah. Dan Moffitt and friggin' oh, I Tucker say, before he was in the heavy machinery. There's one stat about Mansoor that I do know, and I'm going to ask you if you know it. Who his first NXT live event match was against? Oh, Jesus. Um, I don't know. Give me a hint. Um, current NXT wrestler. Well, kind of. I'm going to go Oni Lorcan. 
it, it was um, Ridge Holland, which I thought oh, wow. was I uh, never Luke, guessed that Luke one. Menzies. I would have never guessed that one. Yeah, Those I don't know why I know that, but I know that. Two future WrestleMania main eventers. Yeah, for sure. I mean, maybe Ridge will be. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's no Braun Breaker, will. but. Well, as soon as WrestleMania goes to Saudi Arabia, woof, Mansoor on the headline. Head, yeah, and it's not, it's not impossible. They can be the greatest WrestleMania. <laughs> there we go. Boom. I don't know. Here's the thing. I like both these dudes. I get I get why it's the most least anticipated match out, out of the nine. Absolutely. But uh, I got I got no excuses on why I like these guys. I just think they're solid dudes, solid wrestlers, and a little under the radar personality and charisma and all that stuff wise come on have you ever seen Mansoor dance yeah dude just, that that boston one i think i texted you because i knew you were at it um yes. Mansoor just during the, the new day it was like five straight minutes of him dancing yes and he did it during the commercial break and, and it was, was like, like the big e like 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 hip grinding too yeah I, my love for Mansoor was justified right there and then yeah, and I understand it then. That went on like obscenely long. Like they came out and they went to commercial and they came back and he was still dancing. Yep. So Mansoor, don't forget me as your one one of one only card loving fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mansoor. Okay, if I ever get any Mansoor cards, I'll definitely hook. Yep. All right. Boom. Perfect. All right. So earlier you said Zelina Vega is in a fucking match, and it wasn't yeah. the least anticipated match but it's probably my least anticipated match and and here's the deal i i don't have anything bad to say about selena vega i think no. that she's not a great she's not the greatest wrestler in the world but she's also not the worst no she's somebody she's that not. is probably going to be here to do a job i don't see her winning no matter who the opponent is um i could see her winning i'll give you I'll, I'll give you why in a second continue yeah but like Shayna and dewdrop like Okay, Shayna, if Shayna wrestles Zelina, I don't know. Shayna's fine. Like, I feel like every Shayna Baszler match is kind of this. Yeah, but Shayna's just going to squash her. She works over a limb. Yeah, she would squash her. Dewdrop also conceivably should squash her. I think that it could be Zelina is that they felt so bad about the 9-11 thing that they wanted to throw her I was going to say that, and it's really... It transitions her into having a stable, and it, she calls it like a kingdom or something, you know? Like her queen's crown, like she has, a, she leads a stable of dudes or whatever, and it, you know, it parodies like a kingdom or something like that. That's the only. So, so she's on Raw, right? That yes, that's my lane. She gets Theory, Dijak, uh, whoever, you know what I mean? Theory, Dijak, and uh, and Gable and Otis. Okay. There you go. Book it. Book it. There's my, there's my thing. And then whichever one emerges, if it's theory, long term, or if it's DiJack, shorter, long term, quicker than that, they're gonna have some upside. That you know, there we go. And then it's like I said earlier, it's kind of like she transitions out of being a wrestler and she's like the queen of the managers or some bullshit like that. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it's that's her I, lane. Yeah, I mean, I I can't really see Shayna as a queen either well, she's, the, she's well here's this is shana's lane she's the queen of spades and then they don't it's like ken shamrock or edge and back in the day they don't use the kim gimmick they just say that they're king of the ring you know yeah true true i get and then like dewdrop i guess this would be like a more like a comedy thing comedy. i don't understand dewdrop's character at all 
Well, I think that Vince was like, oh, she has great music and she kind of does. And she's charismatic. She's pretty charismatic and she's, you know, she can connect to a certain audience or whatever. Yeah, and she's fine in ring. Like she, she's, she's fine in ring. She has some good power stuff, you know. And then the whole fucking finger, wavy spirit fingers with the fans. That's. Yeah. In a way that connects in a way. Is she on Raw or did she go? She's, I on, think she's, she's on Raw. Yeah. So, I mean, you can definitely go to some different areas with that show because, I mean. Well, here, not to get into it down the way, but pretty much it's going to be the Becky Lynch show. And if Dickie, Becky Lynch wants to put her over, she's going to want to put her over. Yeah, and I could see Becky wanting to work with her because she's like European and whatever. Yeah. I think it's Shayna just because the Queen of Spades and it's an easy way to give her some love. And it's going to be it's going to kind of be her show this fall and winter, I think. Or it's going to there's going to be a chance to be her show. And, they, you know, could, last night we saw her team up with uh, Sonya. So I was like, oh, shit, that's actually a pretty cool tag team. So is it only at that level? You know what I mean? So here's a thought, though. So will we talk about Finn and Jinder? That's probably going to be next on the list anyways. Yeah. Um, Would Jin? so say, I guess whoever you think is going to win that. So say you think Finn's going to win that. Then you probably would expect to see the Queen be on SmackDown and the King be on Raw. Or I couldn't see them doing both on the same show. Unless if they drop drop the gimmick for one of them and it's not and it's not like it's not King Corbin it's more Ken Shamrock and you know yeah because that's what like I just think of the gimmick and it's like I could see King Jinder oh absolutely King Finn though I can see that well here's the thing if it's if it's we'll jump to that in a second but if it's Finn it he goes from a prince to a king (laughs) like come on demon demon king yeah so here's the other thing. Finn makes the finals. Finn's in the finals. Does Finn bring the demon out for this match? It's Saudi, maybe. All right, real quick. So I'm going to go Shayna. Who are you going with the women? Let's before we jump. I'm going to go Shayna, too. But, I mean, if you're actually, no, fuck that. If you're going Shayna, I'll go Dewdrop. All right. And the fans, you got Zelina. There you go. Yeah. Fans. Like, fans. Like, there's anyone fucking listening. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Yeah, exactly. Like, or they're, or enough fans, they're like, all right, we're tolerate these two fucking assholes with terrible (laughs) accents. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, so you you brought up the King of the Ring. Let's jump to that next. Uh, Finn Finn versus either Xavier or Jinder. You think it's going to be Jinder? I do. I can't see how it's Xavier. I think that I, I think that the story was kind of cute with Xavier because he was the one that wanted to bring the King of the Ring back originally. Um, I agree. I, I feel like if it was going to be Xavier, it would have been Xavier versus. Kofi. Kofi. Yeah, they would that because you look at the brackets, you're like, oh wow, that's a fucking cool match that we'll never see. Or, yeah, because or, I mean, Kofi, I can't see Jinder beating Kofi then losing to Woods. Yeah. It's just I feel like Jinder's somebody they kind of have to elevate. I'm not saying Woods wouldn't benefit from being the king of the ring or even being in the finals, but Jinder benefits from it more. Yeah, my, but my thing is, why would they? I don't like you know. I think you know we've had this discussion in the past i kind of always stick up for gender and i'm like don't hinder my boy gender and you're like i can't stand this guy i'm like he's just over pushed but he is but he's, he's just, just like good. he's just like it's just not like he in that wwe championship role he wasn't a bad promo he had good presence and he was like okay at best in ring okay at best like that's as far as i'll go but 
most of the time it's just like you're way over pushed, dude. And why is AJ and Kevin Owens in the in the mid card and you're getting this terrible push? Yeah, because they want to expand the market in India. And then but right before we go there, we're going to drop the belt to AJ. <laughs> it's just Yeah. And then like, you know, he was champion and Brock was like, no, fuck that. I want to wrestle AJ. Yeah. Um, but like. I, I, how I've always seen Jinder is that really good and cool, like bait, like um, house show act, uh, like like nuclear heat. You know, you then do the job to like a Cena type or like this big time baby face. Like there's a big lane for him to yeah, be that, he's that up guy. Yeah, 80s, 70s heel. I just don't see that as some, but something that will ever really truly get over on the main show. So why would they? Break him up with his boy, with my boy Veer. First of all, have you watched Veer? He's pretty good. He's like, he's like Veer, my sore. He's my new man sore. Let's just Veer's the one with the uh, face paint, right? Yeah, he's the Pittsburgh. Pirate I get those pit- guys confused. So he's okay. So he's the one that's staying on Raw by himself. Yeah. So because Shanky would, can't ever survive by himself. So he. So needs gonna, that. if Jinder's king, we're gonna make Shanky like a knight or something. I think that they just don't like – I think they realize that they don't like having, like, two bits of muscle behind somebody as they as much as they like just having the one. And now when you think about it, they're going to have that now with, like, three different people in WWE because AJ's got Om- Omas. Um, you've got Commander Aziz with Apollo. And then you'll have Shanky with Jinder. So I can see that they're in that mindset that they like the, the chicken shit heel to have – yeah, the big, the, the big, big heater. you know, the big heater. So I just feel like they looked at it and they're like, well, this shanky guy sucks, but he's huge. So let's just do that and figure out what we got with him. Meanwhile, Veer's somebody that can, you know, give us matches on main event, you know, maybe, yep. maybe you know, be funny in the 24-7 or whatever. Like, Still I don't see him ever really being above that. That's where I was going to go. <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, they need people for that. So it's, there's a, there, there's action there. Plus you could be, that's somebody you could throw into a tag team or something. If you find the right opponent, him and like Mustafa Ali, I know he's on SmackDown now, I think, but yeah, like something well, like yeah. that, like put him with somebody like, like smaller and you can do a little tag team stuff. You've got stuff you can do with Veer where Shank, Shanky's a useless stump. So have Just him bring the with Bollywood boys back. And, those are my guys. Do it, and then they can be like the little princes or whatever. Um, yeah. But that's the other thing is like when you look at Finn, the prince can become the king, um, but the but the demon king is there. There's there's overlying things that are there with Finn that kind of make it make sense. But I also just don't know that they're gonna really go that route. But I, I could see Finn being somebody that they give it to just to give that high powered Saudi win to. Yeah. You think we get the demon? Well, I don't think we get the demon. He just fell off the fucking rope and he fell off the face. It's of a deal. good way to rejuvenate the demon before you send him to Raw. Um, oh, okay, okay. I, actually, now that you say it, all right. I mean, obviously, you know, if he's the demon, he's going to win. If he's not the demon, he could still win, but it's, you know, it's not as guaranteed as if he's the demon. Yeah. I know. I know. But it's it's interesting. I think it should be Finn because I think it could mean more. You know, with Jinder, it's what's it going to elevate him to the mid card instead of the lower card? Yeah, what's he going to feud with uh, Roman Reigns? No, but no, he's going to take the IC from so, fucking Nakamura. Then you he's going to feud with Shinsuke. Yeah, actually, but fuck. I mean, he's going to feud with Shinsuke, and he's already done that, and it, it was a drizzling shits. Like well, I right. was forget about that. I was at that SummerSlam when Jinder was champion, and Shinsuke it was the match sucked. Um, that was terrible. So I think that. Yeah, that's going to probably be another feud at some point. I can't see it being long-term. You get Shanky but... versus Boogs. You didn't have Shanky yeah. Boogs. Though. 
it works though. Like that, I can understand them doing it, like in a mid card, and and I mean, I just don't want Shinsuke to lose to him. Did you know last night that they taped um, tribute to the troops? They and, did like some matches, right? Yeah, and it was Roman versus Shinsuke. And Big E versus um, Dolph Ziggler, I think I saw. <laughs> really? I think I only, that's what I saw. I only saw the uh, the Shinsuke match, which is interesting. Could be a little test for him. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they're going to do that match on a pay-per-view, but then they don't really have a pay-per-view. Like, that could be something that could be like a big show SmackDown main event one week. Or or the Cesaro spot, Flash after WrestleMania or whatever. Yeah, yeah, he could yeah he could be in a spot after Mania, and then you just kind of keep the IC run with him at some point. I don't know. I'm more excited for the men's instead of the women's. Queen's crown. You want to know why it's called that instead of Queen of the Ring? Why? Because, because there is a South... Korean TV drama called Queen of the Ring. And it was only a six episode series and the WWE couldn't get the trademark for Queen of the Ring. That's interesting. So it's it's the Queen's Crown, right? Yeah, the Queen's Crown because they didn't want to pay for South Korea. Or it wouldn't even been an issue. But they did. They couldn't fully own the name. So they said, all right, new new name. You know how they work. Yeah. And no, that I mean at least that I makes thought sense that was I thought that was interesting, but uh yeah I'll go uh, Baszler and uh, I don't know you made a pretty good compelling case for gender I'm just gonna go Finn because I think it it up elevates him more. Yeah, Maybe. and I think yeah I think Finn Finn on Raw, Shana on SmackDown it makes sense. Uh yeah that definitely makes more sense. And or two drop and and gender I guess. Yeah, so I think would, those are your two range, your two ranges of of possibilities. And then what? Okay, Xavier. We'll give Xavier his due. So Xavier wins it, and then he they just kind of build him up as someone to get slayed by Roman, which would lead to would lead to a biggie Roman match maybe at Survivor Series. I feel like yeah, I feel like Xavier and Zelina would be like the the ways to try to keep like the internet happy. Yeah. Um, but I that's a why it won't happen you know what i mean so they just heat up they heat up xavier woods real quick and then it's someone to go with uh roman after the brock match to, to transition into Big E at survivor series and then it's just whatever and, it, and you they, still have you still have jeff hardy too but jeff yeah. hardy's not going to go right into roman because he's got um they said he's going to transition his character or something oh god he's yeah he's gonna be the weed whacker fucking idiot yeah he's gonna do something stupid but uh, overall, Queen of the Ring's been pretty bad. Over and then King of the Ring has had some good matches. You know, Sammy Finn have good matches, and then uh, Ricochet yeah. and Xavier Woods. Yes, was awesome. that was trying. That was I was trying to rack my brain for that. Xavier Woods and Ricochet was three and a half. I gave it. I think in my little ranking thing. But um, I don't know. I think they missed a big opportunity not giving this to Madcap. I'm just kidding. Yeah, no man. <laughs> Madcap rules, man. Mad, Madcap and um, they need to be a tag team. Like, actually have like tag titles. I think. I think that would work. All right, this is the second time I'm gonna plug Madcap. I was just looking a way to do it, but uh, this you gotta go on Madcap's Instagram, watch his two minute videos of him breaking down his SmackDown performance. It's pretty good. He has. Good I program. will. I'll check it out later on for sure. That sounds interesting to me. I plugged it twice, twice in a row now here for it. So uh, Madcap, you. Uh, what is his? The, what's his Instagram handle? Dude, I don't fucking know. But no, because I'm looking at at it now. I can't find Madcap. So he's got to still be under, um, what was his other fucking name? Riddick Moss. Riddick Moss. Okay. I I only know Mansoor's Instagram handle by heart. Come on. Riddick Moss. Michael J. Rallis. Okay. 
That's his it. real name? That's his That's what name? it says on his on his Instagram. Was he in the NFL? Yeah. Yeah. What? Um he might have been hurt and not actually made it to the NFL. Let yeah, me he's re- like he looks like a special teams outside linebacker dweeb. And he played with somebody though. Like somebody in the NFL. He attended a tryout camp with the Miami Dolphins, but was not signed to a contract. He played at Minnesota. Oh, come on, man. You would got to have his red rookie card. He would. I could have. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we've banged out the most least anticipated stuff. Let's juice this card up, man. Let's get this. Let's get after this, right? Let's okay. Let's get after our boy. AJ Styles and almost versus RK Bro. Our boy, Matt Riddle. I feel like I was on an island forever defending our guy. It's, I always will, too. Um, still, that's our dude. We'll get into it later, maybe. But uh, Riddle, dude, he's the best. I fucking love he him. He is like, you know, I mean, like there's always something with him with the Internet now. Like the people yeah. love to go after him. But it's like whatever. Like, I don't know. I'm not one that gets into that shit because it seems like there's a lot of like BS out there as well. Um, and I mean, yeah, to it's me, hard to filter it. But we're you know, I don't want to say we're so close. We're not. That's stupid of me. But we were. We recognize the story where we're like, all right, we know bits and pieces of it where it's like, all right, that's not true, you know? Yeah, and it's like not only that, but like WWE's not going to put somebody on TV that has like – I mean, yeah, they changed his name to Riddle so he didn't look up Matt Riddle and find that stuff. I get it. But it's still – it's like I don't think that they're going to have – I mean, they fired people for doing worse like um, Jack Jack Gallagher and stuff like that. So I yeah, think man. that – yeah, I I think that it's I mean, that's unfortunate with Riddle, because I feel like that might be something that kind of keeps them from going like all the way with them at this point. I mean, but I still think the talent will shine out at some point. Um, But the reason I I bring it up is because the last two, three weeks, it's just like it hasn't been engaging. It's been dull and it feels flat. Like, what's going on? Well, the thing is, it's it's the tried and true story that the the fun storyline aspect of this was what brought them together as a tag team yes not what happens after they are a tag team because then it's just not as interesting yeah but they still have the charisma and the chemistry to keep it going and they did for the longest time but my thing is all right is there something going on with them personal not to like with them one-on-one but is something going on with their personal life where they're not 100 percent invested riddle and the here's the thing too orton there's orton's had a really strange year yeah yeah and nobody knows why or is it just feel so fucking flat because we're back to AJ and Ole Miss and we're like, guys, I think I was here? just going to say that. I think that it's really just that they need some fresh opponents. And like, that's why I was thinking of like Alpha Academy for them. Um, I mean, any tag team with them is going to be good. Like, I know that they kind of used up the SmackDown tag division and they didn't leave a ton for Raw. Yeah, but, but they have so many guys on Raw, they can team do. You got, like, think of the teams that can feud with, because I don't see Omo, Omos and AJ winning this match. No, they need, they need to break up. They honestly do. They need to break up and start fresh. All right, so on the Raw, we have RK-Bro, AJ Omos. We got the Street Profits, dude. Okay. We got, you got the Mysterios, but they could be hitting the Splitsvilles. Alpha Academy, Dirty Dogs, Hurt Business if they're a thing. And then you got Apollo and Aziz if they if they line up together. So I mean, right off the bat, there the two that jump off the page are Alpha Academy and Rude and Ziggler. And the Profits um, too, really. And the, but I'm just thinking of like heel teams against Riddle and Orton. Oh, the transition to the. As if you think, I mean, obviously you're gonna be in a situation where you probably do Riddle and Orton against the Usos, right? Hold on, do you At mean Survivor Big Series? Bob? Do you mean Big Bob Rude? Yeah. Okay. Big Bob. That's. 
Big Bob. All that's right, right. That's right. But no, that's that's a that's the compelling thing too. Is you know Riddle and Orton against the Usos at Survivor Series. That's yes, awesome. That's that's awesome. Um, I didn't even think of that. But then you think of like the other two teams. Like I'm not talking about like them. They're going to get into these six month feuds with. But Alpha Academy and the Dirty Dogs make sense. And then you still you got to feel that eventually they're gonna break up. And well, maybe they, that's a mania match. The they're gonna help hold the belts until they break up. Yeah. So know? then maybe that's when they drop it to the Street Profits or something. My next thing was all right. One of they one of they let's do let's get the AJ after one of the one of these dudes breaking up. Riddle, RK bro, or are they? Even I gonna, think it's I think it's Orton eliminates Riddle at the Rumble type of split up, and then it's a mania match, and then, and then they to, they're still champions until then. And Riddle's just like Orton's like you know just keep teaching lessons. I think that's ultimately what gets Riddle to like snap on him a little bit and kind of I'm not gonna say turn the character, but like have him kind of start to see that Orton is just kind of using him or something along those lines. And it can kind of just get riddled to kind of turn the character up a little bit, a little bit more serious, um, and then have them do a match at Mania. Is there any way Riddle turns on him and is a fucking super heel? Entirely possible. I really do think that because I think that Riddle's going to be cheered against Orton no matter what if he's a baby. But I think as a heel and Orton's as a baby, there's a shot that you actually can get the best live dynamic with that. Yeah, I I just – well – Riddle right now has the most as an upside, but they could be thinking of a Big E opponent or something with Riddle because there's definitely a, a heel run in Riddle, but I'd rather have that long babyface run first. Yeah, and, and I mean, I think that him being babyface in because I don't think he'll win his first like big time title feud anyways. Um, so I think having him as a baby in that, and then I'd love to see a heel Riddle at some point. I because I don't remember really ever having a heel riddle. Like there was a little bit when he first came into the Indies that he was playing it, yeah, but it was just because no, we've seen him cared. wrestle super aggressive when he wrestles. Super oh yeah. He's incredible. Like he was a heel. I think back to like beyond, like he was a heel against like Tremont oh, and yeah. he was wrestling like a vicious savage then. Cause I mean, he's an MMA guy. He can make it work. Yeah. His strikes are just going to be that much impactful. His, his count. He's just, it just works. And he could just become a cocky heel instead of like a, yeah. like a stupid dumbass you know, baby, you know? Yeah, bro RVD bullshit. Well, not that it's bullshit. I love it. But you know what I mean. He's Maybe he needs to be a heel before he's that top-level baby face. Yeah, and and I think that him and Orton's going to be an awesome, awesome build to a singles match regardless. So you can be creative with that when you want to. Um, but I guess bottom line is I don't see any scenario where they lose the titles here. No. And then to AJ, he needs to transition back. He needs to get on the uh, – I don't care if he breaks – he doesn't have to break up with almost because that's a terrible feud. And AJ would definitely be sacrificed and, and almost is a baby giraffe and he is not ready for any type of real serious run. But, you know, if you look at this roster, AJ is lined up for some serious fresh stuff and he's kind of needed as an upper mid-carder or main event heel, really. He is, and and so here's the him and Big E would be great, yeah. but just like a fun thing to ask is, so we kind of know where Riddle and Orton's gonna go. They're gonna end up feuding together one way, feuding against each other one way or the other. We know AJ is gonna kind of send back up to that, you know, middle mid to high card again. He's too good not to. What does Omas end up doing when he's by himself? I don't know. Just turn, just have him be a heater for AJ. You know what I mean? I just, yeah, yeah. Just, even. 
stable him up maybe i don't know make him a heater for somebody else so if you're gonna make him a heater for somebody else who do you pick right now oh shit i don't fucking know um maybe prince finn rollins maybe yeah, maybe rollins or maybe what about finn finn turns heel aj turns face and he steals him and almost is protecting the king or some shit like that that's how you elevate you cash in on almost is kind of Super, I don't want to say superstar, but kind of big equity, and then you know that's how you elevate Finn up the card as a babyface. I mean, yeah, as a heel. That could work. That could work too. You know, you then it's then the breakup is Finn versus AJ instead of AJ versus almost or or fill in anyone. And Finn is the heel, which yeah. is more intriguing. Yes, or fill in any if you don't want to use Finn, fill in whoever. You know. When was the last time AJ was a babyface? Uh, not Taker, not Good Brother, probably Daniel Bryan, his end of his title reign, maybe 2018, early. Was, tw- no, was, was Bryan even turned at that point? Or was that like kind of what made him start to turn? Yeah, WrestleMania. Bryan was definitely a thir- against Brock. Yeah, was WrestleMania he? 35 against Orton. He was a baby. Yeah, and then he was a then, heel against Ricochet. He was a heel against Ricochet in that summer. Paul Heyman turned him heel when Hall took over Raw. Gotcha, yeah. So he's flipped back and forth a few times. He's yeah. due. He's due to go baby again. Yeah, he's just that. He's that veteran that they used and when they. He's need a him. merch. So let, let me put it this way: AJ Styles is a merch seller as a baby face, but he's not really a heel merch seller. No. So I feel like there's a lane for him there, but I mean, you got to have heel AJ against baby Big E first. Yeah, that's for sure. But um. You could use him against Keith Lee. You could use him against Karrion Crow. You know, it's he's he's just needed. He's gonna get out of this tag team, and I just hope that it's not against almost because this, he can't really come back. Not so he, here's a you mentioned Keith Lee, so I've got to ask. So obviously there was the rumors that they wanted to do Adam Cole to be the Keith Lee like Adam, voice, I which I don't believe that it was ever really a thing, but I feel like it was something that might have been internally discussed. But I think it so, was embellished. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. But like, say that they want to give age, they want to give um, Keith Lee somebody that's going to talk for him. Right now, who would that be? I don't fucking know. Uh, Zelina. <laughs> no, about, that, honestly, it could be. It could work. How about his girlfriend Mia? Yeah, I mean. You got. She stayed on. She stayed on Raw with them, so they didn't dick them over there. Um, yeah, I mean, you got to think they got to put her on TV or fire her at some point, right? Yeah. Uh, fuck. I don't know, man. I don't know. Anyone can. How about our truth? Actually, fuck. Mm, not. Yeah. Not. But serious, our truth. Not goofy, our truth. Could work. Could work. I just I had the roster in front of me from the last draft show. But it's something to think about. I mean, not, I don't think Keith Lee needs it, but I feel like they might think he does. Yeah, I think he needs it. I, we've had this conversation. He's talking yeah. he's atrocious. He's like, yeah, I, it works more as a heel, though. I feel I guess. like. Yeah. I, don't I know, guess. Something some to marinate on there. But uh, all right. So that's where we go. Hey, there's no way that our the Raw tag team titles are fucking changing. No, no chance. God, no. God, no. All right, let's get over my boy. Let's bring up my boy Gage. Who gives a fuck about No Holds Bars, Bobby Lashley versus Bill Goldberg? Nobody. We Gage. I mean, we know how it's going to end. I don't know, but uh, Lashley might win. Who knows? But it's probably going to be Goldberg. Uh, Goldberg's lost how many in a row now? 
Who gives a fuck? Gage is going to be there, dude. Gage is going to get his revenge. Goldberg's 0 for his last three? Yeah, Drew. Ziggler. He beat Ziggler. Yeah, so then he he won the title from Bray. Oh, God, yes. (laughs) And then he lost to Drew. He lost. I'm sorry. He lost lost to to Braun. Then he lost to Drew. And then he lost to Lashley. He's got to win. Yeah. Yeah, he's probably going to. Yeah, you're most likely right. He's going to win. It's going to suck. That SummerSlam match was fucking terrible. There's no way around it. He's just, dude, he's too old. He's not a bad character, but he's fucking old, and no one he's, wants. He's better suited. Like I don't mind him. No, I don't, um, but but just, they still go to the well too often. He just just put his put him against a mid Carter. Just get the Goldberg pop and someone that can afford to lose like Dolph. This you is the I mean? first, and this is the first time he's come back that he wasn't. He got the title shot, but this is his first feud that isn't centered around the title, really. In a while, it, yeah. It Besides became, Undertaker. it was the title, but it became something more. Jesus Christ, remember the Undertaker match? That shit was so, sh- oh, that was the worst shit ever. Oh, it was terrible. I mean, I also think that we've already talked way too long about Goldberg. All right, well, then the Hurt Business. Is the Hurt Business back just to get beat up by Gage and Goldberg? I think the Hurt Business is back. I just don't think they're going to go to it they, until after this match. Are they eventually babies? I think Lashley should be a baby before the the tag team is well they can't uh, so maybe they turn on him this time i don't know man this is it's just weird like lashley i feel like the crowd likes lashley i feel like the people like her business man they should have never broke the fucking group up but i get business could be baby you're right but then they they're totally they've been squashed the last nine months since they were like all right lashley we're done with this you know so here's so how about he okay how about he comes out that he just used Cedric and um, Shelton, and then he does a new Hurt Business with Keith Lee and Omos. <laughs> that might work. So that answers both of my last two questions. That might work, but poor Cedric. I love Cedric. And how long is MVP actually going to be out? I have no idea. I don't yeah, know. I but, mean, but it's not like he wrestles. As soon as he can travel, I'm sure he'll be back. Yeah. I still well, would love, like, if, if we can't have Heyman with Brock, I want MVP with Brock. Actually, that that's cute. That's really cute. But uh, real quick, out of gauge, one to ten. Uh, gauge, <laughs> in a way, yeah. On a scale, one to ten. Gauge your interest for this match. All right, I, let's see what I did there. I'm gonna go two point one. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I'm. I will say one point nine. I don't give two shits. Yeah, I know. I've, uh, it's and it's too bad. It's like this. It's really too bad. It's like this. But uh, it's it's whatever. Whatever, fuck him. But one another match that's cool on paper that doesn't really it's let's cut to the chase. It's been awful in the build is the WWE title match Drew versus Big E. Like and they're teaming again on Monday. Like like how am I supposed to care about Drew when he's just a nice guy? That's all that Drew like, McIntyre is. Like this is just is Drew gonna like this is killing his momentum for his reboot. So, in SmackDown, in my eyes. Drew really didn't have a good stretch as a champion. I understand that the pandemic was what was going on, so I don't blame him for that. He still kind of found a way to be over during that. Mm. But when crowds came back, crowds do not give two shits about him. No, he peaked. Worst time he peaked. His thing, if you take his, if you just look at his matches in that pandemic time, pretty good. You know, especially in an empty arena. But 
as a run, no. Everything crashed. Again, not his, not fully his fault, but it's not like he was super engaging and, and grabbed everyone week to week for them to watch Monday Night Raw. The, the ratings tanked. Again, not 100% your fault, Drew, but it just seemed like it was 80% there, 20% of something was missing. It started, and you know what? It started to go sour when he got the fucking sword. Oh, that's my whole thing. The fucking sword was a... They made like, him cartoony. And then remember he did that, like, terrible, like, backstage promo when he was, like, telling, like, a children's story? Yes. it's it, he, was, he was toast before that. That was them trying to throw shit at the wall and resalvage him. No chance, no how. It ain't happening, Drew. Like... And, I mean, I, Lashley kind of took his lunch. Cause oh, Lashley ate that shit, man. Lashley over. Lashley took his spot in realistically. Because you really think? I feel like the last time I was really invested in Drew McIntyre was his singles match with Keith Lee. Yeah, and then Goldberg. The, that's the last time the, he felt like a big star. Yeah, and then Goldberg came, and the kind of just that was it. Yeah, so now you're gonna set him the SmackDown, sprinkle that SmackDown dust that been working, that worked for Kevin Owens, worked for Finn Balor, worked for all these, worked for Cesaro, worked for all these fucking dudes that Roman had all these strong feuds with and heated up. So now they're going to put that recipe back on Drew. And, and hope Drew's a Heyman guy, for sure. Drew, Drew, is a, Drew picked, Heyman picked Drew instead of Alistair, instead of fucking Kevin Owens back in the day. As the raw cha- as the raw champ when he was the head writer or whatever, so he so we'll see. He's there. Yeah, it's a good it's a good thing. Uh, um, and he Drew's the type of guy too that like he could be a heel again whenever you want him to be. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You get the I think here's the thing. Not even really. Yeah, the sword was like the the death like the sword was it. The sword was definitely like all right, you're toast. But really. It was the kilt, too. Losing the trench coat for the kilt, lot, like, that was the cool factor, really. What was the match when he wrestled the entire match in the kilt? <laughs> I don't remember. Was this he a Raw? He did that on, like, a Raw or something. I'm like, I, I can't. Remember. I think I, I only remember it because it made me change the channel. I don't remember. <laughs> That's a good one, though. That's awesome. Was it a long one? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I shut it off. I just couldn't yeah. do it anymore. But, yeah, I, it's... I don't know. He, obviously, there's still upside. And obviously, he's still growing with his character. But it's just like, all right, you're definitely in cement, dude. It's Hopefully, it's not quicksand because it has been, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, the guy's got everything you need in a wrestler. It's just like you kind of have to – what got him over on the indies when he went to the indies is he was just this huge ass kicker. He wasn't cartoon. He wasn't yeah, gimmick at all. Dude. He the just came dude. out in a trench coat and beat the shit out of you. Yeah, now he's that, Vince and that's to... what he was at the Rumble when he got that crowd pop. I don't think when Drew came out to that Rumble, like when people walked into that building that night, they were like, "Oh, I can't wait to see Drew McIntyre." I think that they just wrote that timing. match so beautifully. It yeah, was it was so beautifully break. written that when he came out for Brock, everybody was like, "Oh shit, I want to see this." Oh, this guy actually has a chance because it was, you know, three four ahead of him. It was. Keith Lee, it was Braun Strowman, it was big dudes that were that were like Brock was slaying, and then yeah. you got like this Drew was proceed as a big dude after following those guys, and it was just perfect, like you said. But perfect, you notice perfect, even perfect then, timing. even then, it wasn't really like Drew getting over Brock. It was because it was like 
The ricochet okay, thing. Keith Lee wore him down. Braun wore him down. And then yeah. Ricochet kicked him, and then he clotheslined him or, or claymored him. It worked, but that's uh, they always protect Brock because that, yeah, it's it's real. Brock's really the top guy. And they they really didn't protect him at at um, Mania either. They kind of gave Drew the clean, you know, dominant victory then. So it kind of and that's what won Drew over. I mean, and then Drew had to wrestle two times in one night. Then you know it was crazy oh as a defend against the Big Show. And it, 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 it realistically. It was at like four in the morning, which is the best part. On like yeah, a, I mean, on like on a Wednesday, four in the morning. That's big really show crazy. closed the mania with Drew McIntyre in 2020. Yeah, realistically, it was four in the morning, and on a Wednesday night they were taping. I, oh, incredible! I remember when watching that match back on that, like on that Raw, I watched that match live because I couldn't, like, I was watching more wrestling. It was the only thing on. Um, that was good. Dude. I thought Big Show was gonna win for like 10 seconds. Yeah, they did a good job with that. Remember, because it was Netflix show. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was getting his Netflix show over, and then like, so that was yeah. By the end of the year, he was in AEW. It's crazy. Yeah, well, all those dudes Orton's killed her in AEW. Yeah. But uh. Oh, remember sorry. the. What's up? Orton thing when he told Big Show that he was like useless. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. Amazing. But um, all right. It's not gonna do any damage to Biggie. It. How, is it? Big T, Biggie's still in the Biggie's still fresh. Biggie's still in the like the building stage. You know, he can still flat you know, he kinda can flatline a little bit while he's building because ultimately he's probably gonna go over Drew. But is it gonna be the only thing that I fear here is that okay, big is a big match for Biggie. Because it's his first like real defense. Is the Saudi crowd gonna treat Biggie as the baby when they kind of are used to Drew being the baby? I think they're gonna react to Biggie. He's so charismatic. He's gonna and come he's out. got kind of the cool entrance music. He's now. gonna come out with the actually that is great entrance music. I think it's gonna be fine. I think it's gonna be. Um, I think Biggie's gonna be in a pretty good so spot. So you think that? So do you think that the Saudi princes are gonna stand on their couches and do the Biggie Biggie gyrations or no? <laughs> Remember the real couches. Remember the couches. Yeah. Oh my god! That was so surreal. Oh, I want one in my kitchen. I want, sure. I want to go to I want to go to like a Royal Rumble and sit on the couch. <laughs> in Saudi? No, we die. No, but like in like Boston, <laughs> we die in Saudi. Oh yeah, like, for sure. Yeah, I think Big E's gonna be all right. You know, it's um he's still building, like I said, and I don't beating Drew McIntyre is still a pretty good resume builder. It is, and I mean he's definitely somebody that. Needs a big match like this, and it's really not going to hurt Drew because Drew's going to then go to SmackDown and kind of be rebuilt anyways. So yeah. it's really smart booking when you think about it. It is. But I'm just afraid it's going to be a stupid fuck finish, and then if Big E has too many stupid fuck finishes, then it's going to be like, all right, are they going with Big E? And then you start to get the backlash, and then you start, you know what I mean? Yeah, because then you're going to go right into Big E and Roman. Well, and that's the other thing too is like. So say there's a lane when Brock wins a title. Is Big E versus Brock like that's awesome? That is awesome, and I think and that mean, Brock. And you've already gonna... kind of done Reigns and Big E already on this like done that Raw feud. So yeah. Oh, I mean, it'd be fresher, and that's something. I mean, Big E and Reigns is something that would be even bigger if you waited another year. Yeah, I like it. It's um, it's gonna be interesting, but I I, I proceed 
that both these dudes are going to be champions come Survivor Series. They got kind of got to. Yeah, do. I see. It makes it makes a ton of sense, and it's kind of a good way to test. You imagine the Rock Biggie though. Woo! I know, I know. Would be great, but is it either way? It's a good way to test Big E against Reigns because you know Vince can see like like his guy against his new guy, you know. Yeah. Hey, actually, back in the day, remember Vince uh, Roman was the Triple H guy, and Vince wanted Big E. If yeah for that brief brief time in what 2014, 15 ish. Twenty fourteen. Yeah, he yeah. did. I mean. I, you, and you got to think when Kofi was getting pushed that Vince the whole time wanted it to be Big E. Yeah, Vince. I can't believe that Vince like didn't like turn Big E and like do that. That's such a Vince thing to break up the New Day just for that moment. But I'm glad they yeah. did. I'm glad no, they did. No, I mean, and it worked out for the it worked out for the better for sure. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna put a rookie score and be like, I'm I'm excited five. It, you know, it's a cool pitch, cool match on paper. But the the build has just been awful, and it's only yeah, going to work. I was going to say about five and a half, just because I feel like it's going to be a good match. It's just not going to be something that's going to be an important match. It's and it's going to I it has fuck finish written all over it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like someone comes out and that's Biggie's new opponent for whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, they've kept them too buddy buddy. It's like too obvious that they're both going to be baby faces coming out of it still. Yeah. But uh, you know that's that. All right, let's get back into the meat. We we start we started off hot, Mike, and then we we had a dip down because it's you know it's Saudi. And we're getting warmer though, so we're yeah, that was time to really man. We're getting up. warmer. You know, let's give the women their due and close with them. Let's go back to our, you know, let's, let's this could be the match of the night. This is most likely the match of the night. This 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 is hell in the cell, and it actually warrants hell in the cell, really, if you yeah. think about it. This feud between Seth Rollins and Edge. You know, in a vacuum, it's really, really, really smart. It's really, really good, and it's it's written very well, and it's 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 pretty good stuff to go back and look at in a few years and be like, wow, that was that was peak 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 WWE TV for this time frame, I think. Um, yeah, and I feel like they definitely like know that those two have a good in ring chemistry, and it's and, just and like they must like screams. working each other too. You know, the rumors were that Edge and Daniel Bryan were working backstage as writers and helping a lot. This just screams Edge all over it, really. And that was Edge when Re- when Rollins was on Raw, too. Yes. So. So this, you know, this just screams Edge being like, I like Seth backstage, you know, because really, since The Fiend, <laughs> let's be real, the Seth has kind of just meandered. Seth has kind of been... Lost in nowhere land, hasn't been in the mix really, has been off on the side in his suits. Yeah. Laughing and cackling. He had a silly Mysterio feud, which was okay, but really not that good. And then he kinda had the Cesaro stuff that was that was okay. It was it served his purpose. He did a good job putting Cesaro over, getting him ready for Roman. And then kinda Seth it's just kinda just in that mid card, just do, off in his own universe, doing his own thing. Like in, on AEW, if you're like your Cody versed, you know where Cody does his yeah. own thing and he's away from everyone. Seth has been in his own old world here in the WWE, doing his own thing the last few years. So yeah, and you look at when he came back at the Rumble, um, he he got he eliminated Brian after Brian was on like a hot run. Yeah, felt like they were building to those two at Mania. Yep. Which they probably were at the time. That that probably would have been the feud they would have done if like Brian was re-signed. Yeah. Um, and but, then but instead they, they put him the main in, event instead. <laughs> they put him in the main event probably to try to you know talk him into re-signing. Yeah, and that, kinda, that feud kind of needed a little. It did. 
and it definitely helped the match in general. Yeah. Um, and it made the story made sense with with Reigns beating both, and it just made Reigns look like a superstar even more than he already was. Stack him, pin him, let's go. Yeah. And but, you get t-shirts uh, out of it. <laughs> yeah. But, I, like, back to the Seth stuff. This is, like, the best I feel like Seth has been in the last two years, really. Um, And I feel like it was just, it, this is just Edge's doing. Because if you look at it, Edge just keeps going back into his own history and using those points in his career to, where he saw elevation and bring him into this career. You know, looking back at his promo last night where he says, oh, what, like when I slapped the shit out of John Cena's dad, you went to my home and you and you made it really, really personal and you brought it to the next level. First of all, let's let's take a quick aside and be like that home invasion angle was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, they they've done really good work with this ever. Like the SummerSlam match was good. Yeah, um, very then, good. It was a great Yeah, match. I thought the MSG match was even better. Absolutely. And then the stretcher job, and you thought it was done. And then, yeah. and then Seth is calling him. Where are you? You know, Seth is calling him because he's no, because he's a chicken shit, and he knows he's not around. Yeah. The Which only is, thing I don't get with it was, like, Seth almost looked remorseful when he did that. And then, like, they when they were loading Edge up into the stretcher, into the ambulance... He was there with whoever the backstage interviewer was, and he was like, I don't know, I don't know. Like he and they never really went back to that. They kind of just dropped it from there. Or or is that like his delusional kind of kind of yeah, he's always cackling and Seth Rollins. Delusional bullshit. It's like, just interesting if he loses this, will he go back to that and like start to teeter that way? But then he's also starting fresh on Raw. But what's weird about it is so is Edge. Yeah. Well, I can get to that in a minute. Let me just say, yeah, this is the this Hell in a Cell is the blow off, but it's the one on one blow off. You know we're getting Beth and Edge versus Becky and Seth. Yeah, they kind of. I put like, that on Survivor Edge, Series. Edge said something last night about how family, and he said me and Becky go way back or something. Yeah, because Be- remember Becky when Becky was on her rise being the man, she said that oh you're just jealous because you broke your neck and you're not really a man or some bullshit yeah, like that. That's you know? right. And then like, that's a lane to get Beth in pretty well. Yeah. And if you see Beth on Instagram, on Twitter working out, the, well, she's always working out, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I mean, think, I guess it just depends on what they do with Becky next. And, and we can get into that here in a second. Yeah. But uh, overall, you know, I just want to give them their due. This has been a really strong feud from the start, you know, really reaching back into history. WWE needs to do that more often, really. They're, they're so rich with history. They need to go back into it more in present uh, storylines, which is really help. I like it. Yeah, I think it's going to be a banger. Is it really going to be a banger because in Saudi Arabia? Maybe, hopefully, but it has definitely has the most upside to be match of the night. They And they might let them do things on this show that they wouldn't on like a conventional pay-per-view. Yeah, maybe. It, do you think we're going to get the red cell? <laughs> Probably. I would say that you get a good shot at the red cell, actually. Yeah, hopefully we get the green Saudi money cell. Yeah, that would be great. Yep, something different. But, uh, you know, I just want to give them their just due, and uh, that's that. Now let's get to the main event of the night, our girls. Which is honestly, 
we've been friends forever, Mike. This is probably the most the most heated we get is when we talk about the women wrestling. Oh, like, for sure. Well, and what? I mean, when we're saved a little bit because Charlotte's not in the match. Well, oh, I'm bringing her in, but um. Well, we kind of have to. Uh, we kind of have to because because Monday night we got Charlotte versus uh, Bianca, and that could be a big cue for this match. Like, what's gonna what's going on with that? It's definitely so, a wrench. Oh, here's a scenario I was thinking. If Bianca wins the title on Monday, does Charlotte just replace her in this match on Thursday so they can have the three, like, horsewomen in the in the trios match in the um, three-way? I just think she inserts herself. And it and goes four-way? Four and, it, like, and it's, it's a two-pinfall match, and that's how you move around the belts. So Bianca – so that I feel like that's a scenario if Charlotte wins on Monday. Yeah. But if she loses to Bianca, which honestly makes sense. It does make sense because then you can have Sasha win the match and then you have your belt on each show on each show. And then and you could do Sasha Bianca at Survivor Series again, which makes up for not having it at SummerSlam. I'd even I'd even think of that. Boom, done. And then you can transition Becky over to the Rollins Edge feud. Yep. And, and then, then she- Charlotte can go into the you Queen know, of Spades versus the Queen of the Real Queen. Yeah, and that's on SmackDown, anyways. So yep. then she can jump into. I mean, the only thing that sucks about that is you really, really don't want to see a, another. Like to me, the the horsewomen matches that are the most overblown are Sasha and Charlotte because they just had too many of them. But I guess it's fresh but enough it's been now since that you can go back to it. 2016, man. Yeah, it's been long enough. I think you can go back. And then you, the only thing is, is Sasha really saying... gonna be a baby though. Is Sasha really going to be a baby? Yeah. Or is Charlotte go baby? Oof. Because then if she feuds with Shayna, she kind of has to be. Yeah, but is Charlotte, is Charlotte in the frame of frame to get sympathy to be a baby? Also, let's look at that SmackDown roster. It's going to be, so Becky and Bianca are on Raw, okay? Yeah. So then you've got Sasha, Charlotte, um, Shayna. All three of them are your are prototypical heels. Like they can, Charlotte and Sasha can work as baby, but they're not as good. Yeah, right now your top baby face is Naomi. <laughs> and then you gotta think they're gonna probably elevate Tony Storm at some point. You, well, you think unless ugh, him or her, all right, so that's you're gonna get Exia, Tony or Sh- or Shotzi elevated. One of those three are going to get elevated. I think Shotzi's elevated in the Rumble this year. I'm not saying she's going to win it, but I could see her being somebody that they do like the entrant three that gets the 28 or something. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then you get Sonya lurking too as a heel too. Where's Tegan Knox? She has on Raw, right? She's on Raw. Okay. I don't think they'll ever do anything with her. But then, then you think about Bailey. When so Bailey's probably back at the Rumble, right? Bailey's back at the Rumble, and, and she I could, could do whatever you want with her. I feel like Rob needed. will need her more, but you got Oscar too as a free agent too. Yeah, and is she? What's her deal? Is she just like she's forty, and uh, she, didn't she have like no no surgery or thumb surgery? I don't know. She has a surgery. Yeah. But she deserves she deserves some time off and honestly it was warranted her, her character needed it. Yeah, she can come back it'll be a big deal. Bring her back when Eo's up. Yeah. You can get Eo too lurking, really. But um yeah, here's the thing. Well you get Rhea on SmackDown too. No, but, I mean, is she? Yep. Okay. I don't Rhea know. I just think Nikki it's a Cross. cute way 
I just think, you know, if Becky's in there, I mean, if Charlotte's in the match, it's a cute way to get her the SmackDown title if you don't want to give it to Charlotte. I mean, if you don't yeah. want to give it to Sasha. And it, who, honestly, Mike, who knows if what Sasha is she available full time? <laughs> like, like she yeah, just had that. Know. Are they gonna trust her? She just is she vaccinated? Is it is it one of those things? I can uh, yeah, I mean, I could definitely see a lane where and Charlotte they love giving Charlotte title wins. Yeah, well, yeah, so that's where I. That's could, a quick one to bump her up to get her up to Rick for some reason. Yeah, I could see Bianca leaving Monday as the champion. And then Charlotte leaving Saudi Arabia as a champion of SmackDown. Also, you got Sasha saying, well, first of all, that was an incredible let's clobbering tonight or whatever she posted on Twitter. It's clobbering time tonight with her and Becky. So then Sasha was quoted saying, fuck Charlotte's record. I want to beat him, you know? Yeah. So that could be a hint for them to kind of having a similar feud to what they had in 16, where they kind of exchanged the belt back and forth, you know? Yeah, I mean, Charlotte's going to be, what is she at now, 12? Uh, I can't even tell, man. They, like, like they included the NXT, and then they didn't include the NXT? I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, so that's the interesting dynamic about SmackDown, is somebody's got to turn baby, and it's probably not going to be somebody that benefits from being baby um, be, in the interim. And then I think you've got the potential with, like, like we were saying, Tony Storm and Shotzi, but it's not there yet. Yeah, and, and I don't and that, think we're going to get there by mania, so you need to figure it out between now and then. But then again, at this time last year, we never thought we would get to Bianca. You're right. You're right. They feel like it seems like they will, they'll take a chance with the women more than they will with the men. Because it's needed. It's not as deep. And it's all in who gets over. Bianca got over. I could see Shotzi getting over. Absolutely. She's she has way more charisma. And she's pretty good. On, she's a little decent on the stick, and she she has a history and a resume of very good matches in NXT one on one. Yeah, she's solid, and she does better in the one-on-ones than she does in the tag matches. Yeah, I'm ready. You know, I'm ready for it. We'll see. But uh, but then again, back to Sasha real quick on the SmackDown side. Originally, did, I think that she originally she, she was going to beat Bianca at SummerSlam, and, and Bianca was going to trans- transition to whatever she's at now. Yeah, especially because it seems like Bianca was going to probably always go to Raw. Because um, Bianca, I feel like the... I feel like when you build these rosters out, when you do the draft, it starts with the couples. Yeah. So then you can kind of, because then you kind of have to figure out how to make them both work. And obviously, well, with this one, is, <laughs> with this, it's more, yeah, it's more Bianca that they probably cared about than, but I mean, I think that keeping her and Sasha away from each other was an important aspect of this because you bottled up what they did. And you kind of got away from it into a positive that you eventually go back to it and it's going to be killer. Yeah. Um, and then Maybe at the same time, it. they can work with, like, I feel like Becky and Bianca's got legs. Yep. Bianca's been good. I mean, I the Bailey feud was pretty good. Um, she really hasn't had many missteps and she keeps getting better. So I think putting her with Becky is good because, you know, this might be the controversial take but becky to me is by far the worst in-ring performer of the four well, coming, up, coming out of the yeah coming off the pregnancy and overall yeah but she's very she's the character she's the biggest yeah. character and she's, she's the star power character and everything but it's not like she's bad those those three are fantastic. no she's just never been like the in-ring bell-to-bell performer that the other three are i agree with so. that 
And that's me not being a Charlotte fan, but I think that she's much better in ring than Becky is. It's just Becky get got the character over. Yeah. So that's the I think that's the SmackDown landscape. Uh I think it's just gonna end up winding being Sasha. Is it just so lame that Becky wins it and they flip it again like they did the tag belts? I just hope that they don't do that because then will they count that as another reign for Charlotte? I don't know. Did it count with the like street profits? New day? I don't that's know. What I, don't, I don't know. Did it? Like, it's weird. Like, I feel like I it should. I think it's funny, but then the part in me of like, oh my God. It's different hit, lineage, like, right? Like, the the lineage mark in me is like, this is stupid. This is yeah. lame. But yeah, I like, hope they never do that again. But the part of me, like, it was so stupid, it was funny. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like, yeah, I feel like Bianca getting the title on Raw makes sense. Yeah. Becky doesn't need it. But here's the thing. Like I said earlier, like, Bianca at this time last year was, whew, she was just a girl drafted to SmackDown coming off Raw being on main event for the last six months. So, so okay, so we've done this a couple times. So, Bianca, let's say Bianca wins the title. And then Becky transitions into the Rollins Edge feud. Yep. Then who's Bianca's next opponents on Raw? Well, here's the thing: Bianca has the star, the star power, but she has the star power coming off feuds with Bailey, Becky, and Sasha the last nine months. Like, is she really in a position to be that top lead babyface? Is she really in the position to lead the women's division? And, and bring up the women like those women I just mentioned brought up her. That's a oof. I don't know, man. I think that they think she does. But it would. It's all star power. Like she's fine in ring. Don't get me wrong. She's or even she's. I would say she's even good. Really. The raw women's division's in trouble. I think. I mean, she because she's already feuded with Carmella, kind of right. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta get Carmella and Liv for whatever. You know? So their women's division, I've got it up right now. Their women's divisions: Tamina, Mia Yim, Tegan Knox, Liv Morgan, Carmella, Alexa, who's gone for now, Dewdrop, Zelina Vega, Nia Jax, who's out, um, Nikki, Ash, Rhea, who are in a tag team, and then yeah. Becky and Bianca. So there's really nobody. Like think about what I think about at this point of the year is who on that part of the show can main event Mania. And that's where it's probably I not. Think that's that's Bailey. Bailey wins the Rumble, and then you get Bailey. You get the blow off of Bailey and Beyond at Mania. Yeah. No, that, so there you go. So, but then do you get the title on Bianca now or later? And this is again with me running off the mental expectation, which I haven't mentioned on this, but the mental expectation that it's Becky and Ronda at Mania. Yeah. But that doesn't need the title. That doesn't need the title. And then on the on the SmackDown. You got Sasha and Charlotte building up to it. The le- for you got six months to build to that. Yeah, and then you got to just figure out, you know, how to tie. Like you got Shayna. Who do you feed to Sasha in the meantime? Probably like a Natalia or something stupid like that. You know. Yeah. Naomi. Then you got then you get your women's match. Whatever you know, your women's tag match, and th- and I mean well, you're hey, really gonna good. have her continue to feud with with somebody on oh, Raw for the next month, answer, anyways. Mike. I have your answer, Mike. Fucking Rhea was the finalist in the Rumble this year. And they were always, there was a little tease between those two coming up at the same time. They had their five minutes at the end of the Rumble. And then, boom, there you go. This year's Mania. That's probably a backup plan. You know? Rhea versus Bianca? Yeah, that's your backup plan. Yeah, and it could work. I've written down, leading into this with my prep for Bianca, I I wrote down 
five potential opponents for Bianca at WrestleMania. I got Bailey, probably as most likely. I have Rhea, just based off what I said. And then I have Yeo in Raquel, if they want to call one of those girls up and hotshot them. And then I have Becky, if they don't have Ronda. Yeah, I mean, Raquel makes sense the most of the... Like of the like ones that you wouldn't probably think about normally, um, I think that they see money in Raquel for sure. Yeah, I think she's awesome. And I don't see EO. They won't put her at that level. They won't, but she's talented enough to warrant that. Kind yeah, and EO. If EO comes up, she should be into the like Sasha's and Charlotte's of the world, anyways. Or yeah, I. I don't absolutely. know. It's interesting. Well, here's the deal. You know, we can. They can talk about how, you know, the women have been disrespected by this Queen's Cup thing or whatever. Um, and, yeah, to, in many ways they have because they've been shitty matches, two, three-minute matches. <laughs> Ten minutes but, I mean, they're, they they have a very compelling division. They just don't give a shit about this tournament. No, it's really a lower to mid-card tournament. No, I mean, I, but I still think whoever wins it's going to come out of it in good shape. So. Oh, I, yeah. And that's but the ultimate goal of these dumbass things. You're not going to remember the first round, second round bullshit. Oh, yeah. God, no. No, you're not. I Who did who did Dewdrop beat to even get to this point? I have no idea. And Nat. I watched Raw. Nat, I think, Natty. So, it's, exactly. I get I get what you're saying, though. But, um, you know, the landscape's pretty good. And then you got Becky, right? Becky, Becky's the man, really. She They kind of threw her in a spot with the Sasha bullshit. And I think she... She, like you said, do you think she wanted to be heel or do you think they forced her to be heel? Cause I think she wanted to be heel. I, and I truly believe that because I think she wants – I feel like she's got enough rope at this point that she can do what she wants to do and, like, at least get what she wants to do approved. And, I mean, she wanted to be Conor McGregor. It's it's crystal clear. She wanted to yes. do that, bef- like, before she got pregnant. Like, she was going that way. So, she tri- – here's the thing. Here's my thing with Becky, right? Since – Talking, you know, to tie into this match before we go get out of it. Like, she's been a champion in the WWE since WrestleMania 35, but times, besides the 16 months where she was out for pregnancy and post-whatever. Like, it's to get the belt off her at Crown Jewel in a triple threat match, there's equity in her losing a title match, really. Is that really a good way to cash in that equity? Or does that put a chip on her shoulder and... Does she need a chip on her shoulder right now? Well, if she loses, she's... I mean, she's not going to get pinned. I know, so, but there's there's equity in her being champion for all those days, and to cash that in to get a chip on her shoulder, or is to cash it in for her to eventually lose to someone in a one-on-one match? Which which is the way to go with that? And she kind of already has a chip on her shoulder too. Um, no, but that's her character. But yeah, like a real. Oh, I get chip what you're saying. Shoulder. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, tough. It's tough. It's and tough. I mean, it's definitely. But it's good that it's kind of either way to go. And, I mean, if you look at that Raw division, I mean, it's, she's clearly the star of it. I mean, Bianca's close. I don't think it's she's going to call her shots. But, it, but it, my thing is, is Bianca close or is she just working with studs? She, yeah. I mean, I think that the Mania spot elevated Bianca Absolutely. right to that next tier. Um, I know, but, but is it deodorant? You know, is all all the stars around her deodorant? And once the deodorant wears goes away and wears off, does she st- – kind of stink like she did before leading into the rumble and leading into Mania. Yeah, it'll be you know? interesting because like i feel like but she's overcome a lot of bad luck the bailey feud didn't go her way because of the injury she had a pivot yeah. the sasha shit didn't go her way she had a pivot and she's still a star and she's even a bigger star and she, yeah she you know, got 
she benefited from the SummerSlam thing. In a way, then that means it. That means it worked. If she benefited, that means it worked. And there's still meat on that bone because they're on the. I come back to you when you were at that RAW in San Diego. It's like everything you you text me like everything Becky has been booed. Everything Bianca has been like wildly cheered. And it was the night after. Or yeah. So much. so I mean I feel like that in itself was already successful because everybody was happy to see Becky, but they did it in a way that yeah pissed off Sympathy. enough people. Yeah, pissed off people that it made you like Bianca, and and it kind of might have pushed people. She had her fans already, but that kind of elevated her to that next level by losing and being put in that position where people started talking about her on the internet, you know? So is there a – all right, so with my whole Charlotte jumping in this match and we have two belts and two titles or whatever, and there's two pinfalls, is there a way that we get back to Becky two belts, or is that just like, no? (sighs) And, if it wasn't right before Survivor Series, I would say yes. Well, that you could defend them twice in Survivor Series. My thing is, do they, do they, we need ratings. We need ratings. We need ratings. Put the hardest star on both on both brands. She can have two different feuds like she did before. And Becky, two belts really only lasted six, seven weeks, right? So, so yes. So here's the question: Would would USA and NBC be pissed off about the fact that they also have to share with Fox? Yeah, I don't know. And Maybe. then they don't, but they don't get to share Charlotte. But my thing is, well, Fox wanted her. She I know what I mean. Supposedly. So it's like, okay, they got what they wanted twice. I don't know. NBC Universal should be pretty fucking happy with the roster they got. It's it's way better than it was before the draft. But oh, anyways, yeah, I agree. But here's my thing. Could Becky is such a, like, she really is a historian. And, she, and a lot of people influence her character, like you talked about earlier with Conor McGregor. Could and even when Becky's been on Raw the last two weeks, she's kind of been searching for some cheers and been getting some cheers. And on SmackDown, she's kind of a bitch and a heel. So can we get Becky two belts with a Bret Hart 1997 vibe where she's a heel on SmackDown and a babyface on Raw? Is that something that would interest her? It could. It and could, could, I think. And you just prolong the Beth feud till Edge can come back whenever the fuck Edge wants to come back. To have that do New Year's Day or whatever, you know? Yeah, you don't have to do that right away. I would assume that Edge probably won't be around for Survivor Series. He won't need him. Yeah, you don't need him. Because the gimmick sells itself. It's the Survivor Series. It's the NBA All-Star game now, you know? So so now we're talking about Conor McGregor. How do we get Conor in, in Becky's corner against <laughs> Ronda at Mania? Circles, I mean zeros at the end of the check. Yeah, I can see it, though. Yeah, then you, at you entrance, have, ring announcer. Especially yeah. if it's a two-night mania in Dallas, the biggest arena and the biggest stadium in the country. Um, oh, hey, he's got history events. at that Dallas stadium. He does. He does have history at that Dallas stadium. So something to kind of keep in the back pocket. Now, that's a very cool, very cool token to have. I'm glad you added that. But, um, oh, it's intriguing. Um, I'm interested We'll see how it goes. I'm a, I'm at about a 6.9, no pervert in, in me and for this match, women's match excitement level. I'm going to give it, I mean, what did I give Brock, 8? Yeah, you went 8. I'm going to give it 8, too, because I'm more intrigued yep. by it because there's two titles in limbo. All right, cool. And it's not only that the titles are in limbo, but it's the future of both of their show's divisions in limbo waiting on what happens. So... Um, it's intriguing. Kinda... It's it's definitely better than swapping the belts. We'll see. You know, I wish we could do this after Raw, and so we'd have a little more of the story develop, and we have a little more answers. But other than that, I think we did a good job of kind of laying it out and seeing how it goes. 
For sure. And you've got plenty. And what we've learned is that you've got plenty of options. Yep. But um, overall, Mike, I'm pretty excited for Crown Jewel, not including all the, the hoopla and bullshit. If you just look at the card and it's the most I've been excited for a Crown Jewel type show in a while. Yeah, absolutely. I get you. I can hear you. But uh, I know what excites you, Mike, and that's indie wrestling. Give me 10, 15 minutes on indie wrestling. Where, where, how is the landscape right now? Because here's real quick. My indie fandom is like a roller coaster. It's up and it's down. It's up and it's down. I loved indie wrestling 2005, 6, 7, 8. And then I fell off of it until like 2016 when you started to get me back into it. And I rode that wave up until like 1920 in the pandemic where it kind of fucking died. And other than past that, that was the time to jump back in for sure. Yeah. Now it's now it's kind of heating up the game, you know. I did the pandemic kill Indian wrestling or did it helped it or did so it helped it to a way. <laughs> yeah. AW definitely hurt it and bruised it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you look at GCW never missed a beat. Okay. Yeah. Um, they didn't do everything. It seems that they didn't always do everything the most ethic way as far as their contracts go and this bar and money and all of this stuff running these the telethon type shows <laughs> but they were creative and they found ways to stay going um whether it was running shows outside whether it was running shows without a crowd i mean pandemic hit they were running the acid cup with no fans in some dive bar in philly i remember they that were, they yes. were able to keep the the wheels turning and they have benefited from the pandemic in my opinion Great call. Because they came and kind of set the bar for what what what's out there now other than AEW and WWE. Okay. Like the Be- third brand now, in my eyes. I mean, they're running the Hammerstein Ballroom yeah. in January. So that tells you all you need to know. I mean, if to they run the ran Hammerstein the Hammerstein Ballroom, right now, or, or if Ring of Honor ran the Hammerstein, GCW would sell way more tickets in my eyes. That- that's what I was going to say is I think GCW is, is past ROH at this point. Which is insane. It's nuts. But then you think about it and it's, you know, there's so many different rumors out, the, out there and that I've heard, you know, about Tony Khan and, and Brett Lauderdale from GCW. And if they like each other, if they dislike each other, the gauge stuff it was not really agreed upon by them both. Well, do you think they like each other? I don't. Okay. I think the people that have been working both, like like I'll talk about it in a second here, but like Moxley, I feel like he can do whatever he wants. So I think that's in his contract. Janela can do whatever he wants because he's pretty tight with TK. But even then, like, there's restrictions on what they can do opposite Rampage and all that fun stuff. Which is it's sick. interesting. But like, so looking at it, we'll talk about a couple of things. And I'm going to really talk, I'm going to bring this back home a lot as we talk about like beyond wrestling and beyond's back to an that's extent. Our, that's our home base. We love beyond. Um, they're uncharted back. They're two weeks in now. It's if you watch the first two seasons of uncharted, I'm going to be controversial when I say this, it's not as good. It's not anywhere near as good. You don't have to be look at the talent. Well, I don't want to say <laughs> the talent, but you know, it kind of allows beyond to in my opinion, be where they're at their best when they can create stars. Absolutely. Um, but what sucks for them is a lot of times they're creating stars for other people. <laughs> yeah. But that's okay. So basically, Beyond's running whatever. Like they've gotten, they've, you know, first week they had Davy Richards. Oh, they had yeah, Alex okay. Shelley the first week. And they had Shelley and Red, Alex Red Shelley Red. against 
which is huge because I mean Red Death's a big name right now. Yeah. Daniel Garcia. And then you've got last week was Josh Alexander. Uh, I think this coming week is Davey Richards. Um, yeah, one so of those guys. Good job getting names there for. Fresh for names the, too. People yeah. that aren't normally there. Getting, yeah. getting, and I'm sure they're doing well on IWTV. And what I think that they're doing that's really smart is that for the rest of the year, they're kind of going back to their roots a little. Beginning of November, they're running Somerville, which is, was their biggest venue for a while. That's where they ran like Dijak's Farewell Show and he wrestled Walter and, and they've done a lot of big shows in Somerville. Yeah, that's the one uh, where they team up with Evolve, right? Yeah, that's where they did. No, that's, um, no, you're thinking the town hall. It's not there. Somerville's like down, like right on the outskirts of Boston. It's like a full standing venue. I don't know yeah, if you've gone. If, I don't think I've been to that. I don't one. know if I've you've gone to, to one there. Wait, what's the one with yeah. the, they used to do with Evolve? Where's that? Melrose. Mel, that's correct. Yeah, I've gone to like seven of the Melrose shows, but yeah. I've never, I don't think I've gone to Somerville. So Somerville's where they've run like um, Ricochet versus Tessa, and they've they've run pretty big matches there. So that kind of became their home after they left Providence. So mm-hmm. they're going back there in November, and that's when Cardone is doing his Making return, his... Um, or the one that he was supposed to do in August. And then December's gonna, yep. Then December's gonna roll over, and you've got them in Providence, which is back at their original venue. And then the end of the year, they're running IWTV's Restival, which is just a wrestling festival in Worcester, um, (laughs) over like three days. They've got Limitless announced. They've got Matt Tremont's H2O announced. Matt Tremont's actually wrestling Onita on Halloween for H2O. So there's gonna be some options there. H2O and Limitless are coming to Worcester, or right now? Yep, yep. As of right now, they are. Um, and then. At the White There'll Eagle? Be more promotions. I'm sure that, I believe, um, I'm sure that ICW will run too, um, but we'll see. But they're going to do like five, four or five different promotions over the course of three days in the city. So it'll be cool. I can't believe I went to two two or three New Year's shows in a row. My wife, my wife put up with me. Can you believe that woman? <laughs> for sure. For sure. You know, that's a, that's a good one there. But then, But so back to GCW. Now, think of what we just talked about with Beyond. Like they were getting... You know, Josh Alexander is a big piece. They were getting Alex Shelley is a big piece. Now let's talk about GCW. Last weekend they ran the the showboat in Atlantic City. John yep. Moxley successfully defended his title against Nick Gage. The Briscoes <laughs> yep. came back to somewhere other than ROH for the first time in I don't know how how long, and they oh, started correct. a feud. They started a feud with Justice and Mance Warner, which Mance Warner is somebody I'll get into because I read something very interesting about him before we came on on here. And then the next day, Minoru Suzuki beat. Joey Janela. Also on Saturday, Matt Cardona won his internet title back, defeating Effie with the help of Chelsea Green. My guy. Uh, Thunder Rosa was in a scramble. Marco Stunt was in a tag match with Joey against Dickinson and Starboy. Any of those names would have been Beyond's biggest name. Oh, absolutely. It tells you kind of what where the indie landscape has changed, and almost to the point that, yeah, obviously GCW is an indie, but they're kind of at an unfair advantage at this point because they've got those interior relationships with people that work in AEW that kind of let them get away with things that others can't. Yeah, like Rue isn't going to get AEW talent like that. No, it's impossible. So then you look forward to next weekend. Next weekend, they're in L.A. for a double shot. They have Bloodsport on Friday. Josh Barnett's wrestling the former Arturo Ruiz. Which is probably going to be awesome. <laughs> and then Davey Richards is wrestling Uemura. So that shows that you've got the New J- Barnett. You're going to get the New Japan connection, and it's in LA where the dojo is. So like right half of that card, half of that card is New Japan dojo guys. Like that's going to be a loaded blood sport. That's going to be one of the better blood sport sports in a while. Um, the match that I'm the most interested in is actually that's announced is actually uh, Marina Shafir making her return or her indie debut. I saw this today. Um, against yep. Masha Slamovich. 
the Russian girl? Yeah, who is a big beyond name. Big beyond name, yep. Um, so she's gonna do the big J O B, I'm sure, uh, Shafir. Um, but Bloodsport's cool. I mean, I find every Bloodsport to be fun to watch. The Went to big the first ones. Few in person, much better in person than on TV, but yes, still pretty passable for an indie show on TV. Yeah, and then the two names that are on that Bloodsport show that have yet to have their match announced are Minoru Suzuki and Chris Dickinson. So each other. I would assume they're going to face each other, but who knows? I would expect if that's going to happen, they get announced this week. So then fast forward to the next night. Regular GCW show. Minoru Suzuki versus Nick Gage. Jonathan Gresham versus Alex Zane. The Briscoes versus the Second Gear Crew. Jacob Fatu and Juicy Fano versus Chris Dickinson and Starboy. Loaded show for an indie show. This is um, Sunday? That's Saturday. So yeah. that brings you to the weekend. There's the second weekend of November. Now you're in Detroit. Alley Cat's wrestling Chelsea Green. More Alley Cat's, whatever her name is now, is wrestling so, Chelsea Green. Uh, JCW is running every weekend. Basically. Like they might have a two-week gap between, it seems like, for the most part. And before, part. they used to go, what, every three? Yeah. And so then they got Alley Cat, Chelsea Green, and, they, and then they're doing Takeda and Alex Shelley are returning for singles matches. And then the next night, they're in Chicago doing the Nick Gage Invitational, which is like a deathmatch tournament, um, which is why Takeda's in the, in the States. There's something, and what, but what the thing about GCW though is there's if you watch a GCW show, not a blood sport or not a deathmatch show, but like a regular GCW show, they have something for everybody. Yeah. You if you want to see a Gresham match with technical stuff, you're gonna have Absolutely. that. If you want a flipping match with Zane, yep. you're gonna have it. You want intergender, you want a deathmatch. Your six you want, man fuck fest. Yep. They've got something for everybody, and that's what keeps people engaged. And, I mean, they're in a position now, if they can get this IWTV stuff in their past, then they they launch their own network, they're going to kill it. Because no. their their backlog of, of shows is phenomenal. I mean, all the spring breaks, all the blood sports, yes. all the, you know, Lost in New York's, all the, so like, David Big Arquette shows. stuff, Big you know? Yep. They have so much rich history at this point that's happened in, like, a five or six year span. I mean, when you think about GCW's coming out party, in my opinion was Spring Break 1 in Orlando. Yeah, 2017. Because then every year you saw them in, at WrestleMania weekend get bigger, get stronger. Tampa this past year, they had a huge crowd. And, I mean, they had a really good RSP gauge match that, that culminated that, that weekend. It, they've been able to kind of continue to keep the ball rolling, and I think they've actually benefited from the pandemic because for a while they were the only wrestling that had fans. So. Yep. It, it made you more yeah, interested in their product. Even they didn't have fans. They were the only wrestling going. Yeah. So it's kept them in the forefront, and it's definitely pushed them to a level that I would never have expected at this point to, to be talking about a Hammerstein Ballroom GCW show when exactly. Matt Cardone is in their mid-card. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So it's just it's interesting. Killing it, by the way. Give my boy some props. He's, he's awesome, and he's the AI, AIW champion now, which I think is in Ohio, um, coming back to beyond. You know, we used to talk about indie wrestling as PWG as the as the only one that mattered. Now it's but PWG is just like I don't know. They've got Alice. They've got Tommy End working for them right now. Brody King's working for them. Other than that, they're just any other indie in the U.S. right now. Yep. Um, I mean Bandito guys like that, but it's not. They're they're the next tier probably, but I think GCW's past them too. And the thing that's hurt PWG is their shit's not accessible. They're stuck in 1999 when yeah. everything's on DVD. You know, nobody. I don't even have a DVD player in my house. I have a PlayStation, but other than that, that's it. Yep. I couldn't play a DVD of yours it if I wanted seem, to. And it doesn't seem like they want to get out of that. 
no, it's just weird the way they do things and Super Dragons wrestling Tommy N probably soon. It's like whatever. It's like it's not the can't miss that it used to be. And that's saying something when you've got a guy like Tommy N on your shows. But it's just not what they used to be even two, two, three years ago when you still had the Bucks there or whatever, you know. So, I mean, think of before PWG went away, you know, you had the Rascals as their tag champs. I mean, you know, Bandito, Brody King, you still have those guys now, but I mean, it was like Darby and and MJF and a lot of those higher um, AEW names that just aren't going to work for them anymore, you know? Yeah, and GCW is doing this after all their dudes got swallowed by AEW in 2019. And that's the thing is they kind of just, they've always been good at, I don't think they're good at developing talent because they don't really have like a school or anything but in the way they are they're putting them in front of rabid crowds every weekend so that gets guys comfortable and and they're good at scouting and they're good at elevating for sure yeah and their mania weekend shows have always kind of done that like they'll put random names in these scrambles on these shows see who gets over and then book them from there they have a good dynamic going i think that you know i did a podcast with somebody like six months ago it was actually mania weekend yeah. Um, and I was talking about how I watched almost everything because I was on paternity leave at the time. ICW at Mania was catching up to GCW, in my opinion. Their shows were the better shows of the weekend. And these guys are out of New Jersey, right? The yeah, they're mostly New Jersey. I mean, they're home venues in Jersey, but they've been working, you know, Florida. And yeah, I just want to throw they, it out there so people get an idea in their head. Yeah, so it's no holds barred. They don't they don't do ring ropes. They have two types of shows. They have no holds barred, which doesn't have ring ropes, and it's like submission or or I'm sorry, like pinfall or knockout only. And then they have the pit, which is like <laughs> a, in like a cage. Yeah, it's in a cage, like one on one in a cage. It's pretty much a death match in a cage. But some of them have been more like grapple type stuff. It's weird. So they were hot Mania weekend. I don't know what the hell happened since. They've kind of slow down they've been making baseball cards yeah basically they've been running into issues with venues they just kind of do everything a little half-ass in my opinion gcw does too but they fix that they found a way to kind of forge forward and get past that um, i mean gcw selling out thousand seat venues now the manhattan center the hammerstein so we'll see i mean i think that they're going to sell that place out but they might have to pay they for it. They have to. They, they got a, they got a pretty strong implication that they're going to if they booked it. In the way they booked it with the beautiful – Mike John Carlo working for them again after he left WWE, right? Yeah, yeah. That video was awesome. He was key for them early, early on, especially in the spring break days. Yeah, I mean the video when they announced the Hammerstein was fucking awesome. That like, was awesome. Yeah, very well done. Um, I knew it was happening, and as I was watching that, I was still wowed just to – I've been to an ROH taping at the Hammerstein, um, but it wasn't in the main room. It was in a room upstairs. And okay. even then I was odd. I've never been to a show in the, like the big room. Well, all back rooms are odd. That they have there. Oh, yeah, right. exactly. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how the setup looks there, how, if they have to paper it. But more, more, more than any of that is how, who's going to be on that card? Like what's that card going to look like? Is there going to be more AEW guys than normal to help them? I assume whoever was in that video is on that card, including Moxley. Yeah. I mean, Moxley should be champion till then. I don't know. This is, is Moxley. Do you think Moxley versus Ryder or Cardona is a big match for them to build to? I think it sells tickets to non-regulars. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Cause you're hardcore um, for hardcores. And I don't think it pisses off the regulars either because they're yeah, both, yeah, exactly. they both have equity with the company now, you know? Yeah. But then who does Gage face? Is he dead with RSP? Yeah, RSP is pretty much not around anymore. They're building up Koger, Atticus Koger. Now, 
with Gage, there's rumors that he's going to go back to AEW and do some more stuff. I heard that. Um, oh, and the Mance Warner thing. So he's one of their tag champs. Um, I was just reading today that his contract with MLW is finally up in February. January. Has he been on MLW? <laughs> no, because he tried to get out of the contract last year and they didn't let him, so they just pulled him, but they didn't give him his release. Okay, anyways. So but AEW and WWE are both interested. Throw him. Here I am, always sick. Oh, go to WWE. Throw him in the WWE like 2.0 NXT. Like 2.0, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that, he'd stick out like a sore thumb in a, in a good way. Yeah, and I mean, I just don't know what he is without the, without the toys. Yeah, I know. He's correct. He's charismatic and he's got tons of charisma. Tons of star power. Yeah. But what loses his entrance song though. What he's charisma. What he's charismatic about isn't something that's going to work on cable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, Um. But uh, all right, Mike. As we wind out here, um, give me your top five guys to look for. Ooh boy. Um. I mean, the one. I mean, I watched most of GCW last weekend. I think when we're talking about indie wrestling this time next year. Alex Zane's going to continue to grow. Um, I mean, his WWE run's just going to make him even better. He feels like more of a star now. I think he's somebody that is just going to continue to blow up and is going to be the face of the indies. If he's not signed to AEW or somewhere else by the end of the end of 2022, then people just don't know what they're doing because uh, that guy's I awesome. Vibes for him. He's working a little bit of that, but I mean, he's still going to be in the States a lot. So, yeah. I mean, he should be under contract with somebody else. That, that guy's awesome. He, he looks great. Um, he looks like a star. He looks like a wrestler. I think that he's somebody that is going to be, you know, a huge name in the next year running through other names. Starboy Charlie, I want to say he's a little, little guy. guy. He's wow. young. I mean, yeah, he's young. He's not even 20 yet, I don't think. Oh, Jesus. But he's tagging with Dickinson now. Which and is I pretty mean, good for Chris, you know? Knowing Chris, Chris isn't going to go with somebody like that. I was going to say that. Chris ain't going to tag with him. Anyway. So I think that you're going to see a lot more with him in the next couple months. And um, him and Chris have that feud with Fatu and, and Juicy in L.A., which is cool. Those are two big boys. So we'll see how Starboy does with that. Big, strong base. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Beyond some love, and I'm going to say Trisha Dora. I think has oh, yeah. pretty much everything that you need in a woman's wrestler right now. She's got Absolutely. charisma. She's been exactly. on dark, right? She had a WWE tryout, correct? Yep. She's been solid. Um, I think that she's going to continue to get better. I mean, it, I didn't Iron Man match with Trisha Dora and Deppin right when pandemic was starting to do fans again out of the pandemic. And I didn't even know who she was then. So where she's risen in the last six months has been cool. Um, I think it's going to keep going that way. Um, and the fourth one, while I'm on the women, I know you're going to agree with me on this, is Megan Bain, um, oh, yeah. who's been working beyond a ton. Um, I mean, she screams star. Kind of a Maria Manic feel if Maria Manic was athletic, more athletic, and didn't meet Teddy Hart. Do you think that's fair? <laughs> uh, or sign with ROH. <laughs> yeah, so I, I see a lot of that with her, but I mean, I, I and I love Maria Manic, but I don't think, I, I think Bane's already a better wrestler than Maria Manic ever was. And I think that where where you could see that chick in a year, I mean, if she's got WWE written all over just by looking at her, you know? Yep. And then I just had a fifth one, and I, I lost it. Uh, right, Jordan just, Oliver. Uh, I was going to say, let's just throw Effie in there and go home. Yeah, Effie, I think Effie <laughs> has a shot at being a GCW champion by the end of 2022. So Which is I wild. Like, he's always my guy. Just be like, yeah, I, I mean, him. I feel like he's big enough now to not even be on this list. But I'm just fucking with you. I think I know I know I think Jordan Oliver has grown a lot in the last year. I mean, he's been a young dude for a while now though. But he's my my biggest issue with Jordan Oliver 
was always he looks like shit. And I mean, I don't mean that he had like a shitty body. He kind of did, but like, like he just he dressed like he was homeless. He didn't look like he was, which I guess was part of his character. But I remember Mania weekend, he put on like real gear. He had a good match with Leo Rush. It was wonky, but he had a good match with Leo Rush. And that's when I was kind of like, all right, I'm in on this kid. Um, and I've yeah, always liked him. I don't know. I've never been in. I'm always just. I think that he's going to benefit from more character development and you know feuding with bigger names i think that the time's now for him if he's ever going to have it and i feel like he's going to show something now cool well the time is up and the time is now they can't see us but we gotta go i fucked that up but anyways mike (laughs) mike thank you very much this is a blast yeah we gotta figure out how to do this again we just have to work on our timing and shorten it down a little bit i think yeah i know i just looked at the clock i was like oh we gotta go home bro yeah, all right, Vince dude. Is gonna scream. Vince is going to scream at us when we get out back. Yeah, Vince, Vince has to cut us. We're not going to make it the main event next week. <laughs> all right, hey, guys, catch me next month for the Survivor Series. Mike, thank you very much. All right, later, brother. Later, guys. I laid all them busters down. I let my gad explode. Now I'm switching my mind back into freak mode. If you won't skirt, sit back and observe. I just left a gang of those over there on the curb. Now they got the freaks, and that's a known fact. Before I got jacked, I was on the same track. Back up, back up, cause it's on N-A-T-E-N-E. The woman to the cheek. Same spot in need of some desperate head. The Nate Dog and the G Child were in need of something. One of them names was sexy as hell. I said, Ooh, I like your size. She said, My chorus broke down and just sing real nice with your let me ride. I got a car full of girls and it's going real swell.